Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Call in the movement to call me up here like this. Whatever they just, rather have just a private, rather have just a private, you know, series of death threats or whatever. Whatever. Why don't I just show up at your fucking house at my choosing? You come to me when you wanted something, but a hundred can buy was all you could get. Now you're calling me with coughing and death threats. You say with a piss or possibly eating much shit. Where, oh, where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over and all I found you love. Two men, another, and two was gone. Nambers and you guys 
and wager your faggots like the intern or the reverend follow-up cocksuckers. There is this, the Psycho City Show. We don't have Peter Park, Memphis, and Mentor, and Rabbi Psycho City, the Jersey shitty spectator, going ahead and reading some Wikipedia articles about Hitler, and going ahead and practicing paper butterism. Chicago Chaparty Q-Boy, formerly known as Youth of Star and Chuck November, yappy shit. No, this is the Movement Turd, and also known as the Dick Dick Show. And your host was Pastor Martin Luther Dzerzhinsky Winstead. And if you want to call in, and if you dare, call in. Hail victory, folks. Greetings, Zog Langlinger, man's half cloud of the cost route, now Zog Plain here in the open air, coast to coast, now house. We call Zog Babylon, third and cloud, but this show is always the same the lost and found sheep of the house of Israel. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Korai's call. Greetings. Today is, uh, what, the 8th of May, 2016? And it's about what? 10.39 p.m. Granby on Central on Standard Time. Uh, heck, I uh, started the show pretty well on time for me. I'd like to thank Poopy Dog for being responsible for that because Poopy, the two-legged Poopy Dog gets all happy uh, when the show gets close to 11 when I haven't started. So, in any case, I really wasn't too prepared for it, so I'm going to talk like, well, the vast majority of these shows are just simply done on the fly. I didn't really have any agenda notes. Uh, I'll pretty well note that today is uh, supposedly Mother's Day. Uh, it's been, what, three years since my brother killed off my mother. And he got home, let me see, Friday night. And immediately he was starting talking. He'll talk sense for about three, four, maybe five minutes. And such what boils down to is that he's talking about on the 18th of May that uh, hey he's uh, he's going to get back you know go back on the funeral expenses, which were essentially supposed to be split three ways uh, between me, my brother, and my sister. Uh, but I said I'd go ahead and pay the extra dollar uh, rather than 33 or what 34 cents. The reason I do that is because. Well, when we were when we were going up South Dakota to pick up my mother's carcass, uh, where he killed her on you know in his house in uh, Midland, South Dakota, he said, "Well, are you going to give me anything for gas?" I said, "Well, shoot, if you'd have killed her at the farm, why heck, you'd have only had to drive her about oh two or three miles, and even if the gas was what oh two fifty, two sixty, something like that, maybe three dollars. Why hey." You know, even with this shitty pickup, why, heck, you know, my, my shirt's going to be about a dollar here. So anyway, he got to where he says, well, I'll tell my lawyer to tell Susan's lawyer, because she's the one who's the administrator of the state, that 
what happens is I will, you know, I will disclaim, I will disclaim the, uh, you know, the, uh, what, the funeral expenses. I said, well, that's fine. What do you want? Well, we want to go ahead and say that we'll do something about the farm, and we'll go according to the will. And then he went whining about how sister had stolen the will. He didn't want to see it, and he whines about how he wanted. My brother's kids have something, even though the will didn't say that to you. Back in 1972, let me see, I would have been about mm, 15 years old. Essentially, uh, they said, well, we're not going to talk about giving it to grandkids because we don't know who's going to have grandkids. When, you know, when, you know, Glasimus dies, he goes to our surviving children because dead children don't have any need for an estate. But anyway, this piece of shit, Kevin Lee Selby, and I guess as a lawyer, they want to go ahead and talk about how my brother's kids are heirs to it, even though that the will says otherwise. And that is what you have with lawyers and judges. In my time, in my time working uh, on the law, I have not seen anyone, any lawyer, who really obeys the law. All it boils down to is, guess what, I'm a judge, and we get to pretend that we have rule of law. No, we don't. No, we don't. So I said, hey, I may go ahead and write some fourth fifth time kick and sell me off. Well, you can't do that. And I said, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. So anyway, that worked out fine. And then my brother got to yapping about, well, there's $21,000 up in South Dakota. I said, yeah, but there should be 300000 You know, essentially you went through the 153000 in 1999 that my mother got, you know, from selling her bitch of a mother's estate. And then she should have got ten or twelve thousand for what twelve, fifteen years. What happened to it? Should be about three hundred thousand dollars worth of money. What'd you do with it? Essentially, you stole what two hundred eighty thousand of it. Then the conversation started going. The conversation, like usual, went started going south, and my brother decided to blame me and my sister for quote killing mom, because well, I guess we're the ones who put her eight hundred miles away and deprived her of her blood pressure medicine and uh, scared her to death. No, that's what my brother did. So, hey, you have all sorts of creatures, and they all have mothers. So anyway, I received, in Saturday's mail, I went and received something from the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and pretty well the Missouri Attorney General's office with this Brandon Laird He's not ready. He's not ready to file. He's not ready to file an appellee brief. And so the Eighth Circus Court of Appeals gave gave uh, everyone till the 31st of May to file the appellee brief. Gave them an additional, what, what, three weeks. They're supposed to file on the 9th. Now they're giving them, what, oh, let me see, 21 days. Yeah, they're giving them, what, 21, 22 days to file. This is fine with me. But when it comes down to it, I mean, you know, pretty well my attitude, you know, my attitude, my appellate brief says, hey, bring them to trial or don't bring them to trial. You know, bring everybody to trial, including Corporal Warren Barnes, who wrote my brother mother's death warrant on February 18th around, what, 4.30, p.m. After he told my brother and me, whatever Mrs. Listed wants, that's the matter. And then when she said, Mike, I don't know. Mike, I don't know. Mike, I don't know. All of a sudden, you get out of here. I'm going to arrest you. Sheriff Ken Copeland. 
Now, you know, he got, you know, for his uh, support, he got his little undersheriff pig here, who was a pig. But he has Captain Richard Levins, who likes torturing people with tasers. And I was looking at the March 3rd, and I see all these Whiggers who essentially, they believe that it's okay for, what, sheriffs, you know, deputies to knock people's teeth out, to go ahead and beat them up, to steal their, you know, buy and sell their, you know, children. So I was having my friend from the house, and I've gotten him to finally go ahead and work on, you know, getting this writ of habeas corpus I drafted for him in November. He's going to go ahead and file one for himself here. And I said, that's fine. But I pointed out, I pointed out to this is the original habeas corpus, simply asking you to be sent to trial. Instead, they want to keep you locked up till they kill you. Because you're old and getting frail and white. Essentially, they can dope you up till they kill you. Now, you'll be twitching worse than the old pussy Pollock Kasich here. That character looks like, uh, you know, if I had, if I had, uh, Let's have still in that house. I'd be looking at one of the criminals here who's a meth head, a wigger meth head, uh, professional criminal. You know, like this one who deliberately, you know, he got out of prison. He'd been in the nut house, but he got out of prison. And within six months, he just had to, you know, pretend to rob a grocery store with a butcher knife. And the reason he wanted is he wanted, he wanted another 10 years in prison. He wanted to go back home. He wanted to go back home. So he knows all about these characters and uh, seeing a social worker, and he says, she's tweaking, she's tweaking. I, I know, he says, I, I'm a tweaker, I know tweakers. I bet medicine old pussy Pollock case keep me tweak, 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 tweaking. I mean, I mean, he looked like he was on LSD, and then he's taking all these psychotropic drugs here, and he got tired of dyskinesia. You know, now, sometimes it gets real bad here, like this Mitch character who's six foot four, Look like a rabid lone wolf, and he had, he'd go ahead and twitch and scream, die, die, die. So he killed, uh, you know, he is in that house in the 80s for killing, he was car salesman, and then later on he got out, he got out of that house, and then he went back to St. Louis, and he killed three niggers on a park bench for, you know, I guess for whatever reason that he got, he hated niggers. But he considered himself to be a Muslim. I don't know why, but he hated niggers. <laughs> anyway, so you don't have law. You don't have any law. So as a result, anyone's mother can fall prey. And folks, you know, pretty well every single one, you know, every single one. I know that most of you Nimbus are tards are not female, or if you are, you're females. But presumably, every single one of you has a mother, and presumably, every single one of your mothers will die, and you'll end up being, quote, orphans. You know, you, know, you probably have a father, even if you don't know who he is, and you more likely have a mother who you have a better chance of knowing who she was. Okay? But, Every single one of your mothers will die. You'll be in the same boat as I am. I uh, don't think your mothers will, you know, amount to very much to where they probably won't be killed off for their money by uh, by Zog bots or Zog, you know, functionaries. 
But no, I, I, I go ahead and pretty well the Eighth Circus Court of Appeals says, I'll go take how long you want. And then I got then I got what I've been waiting for Saturday. I've been waiting for this February twenty fifth testimony by old crying lion Brian Rio. And it's not just an MP3 file. It is, it is uh, essentially as this court has this court uh, stuff to where it's supposed to be transcribed. I'm going to transcribe myself. But I'm not worried about the transcription of Brian Real. I mean, Brian Real lied. You, you know, you judges took a you know knowingly a lie from a criminal, and for somebody who hasn't been uh, here or hasn't listened to the show. Uh, last Saturday, you know, April 30th, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, I, I think that probably, uh, probably Buck McHugh or one of his characters brought up this Channel 5 TV news. And, you know, if you type in Brian Rear, it's not the very top, but it, it came up on the very first page, and I found out that Brian Rear had worked at a nuclear power plant. Now, I knew that from the uh, Hiram Reppert uh, case here that I've seen, but I didn't know why. Well, in the Channel 5, here's Brian Rear pretending to be a whistleblower. And Queen Cameron did a recent, you know, did a recent, uh, I went ahead and notified to her here, and she took, she went ahead and took this Channel 5, and here's Brian Rear. They don't really care about your radiation. They don't care about anybody's radiation levels. Well, what happened is that these retards at the North Perry power plant, uh, some tool dropped into the nuclear reactor, and they went and got it out. <laughs> yeah, well, so, it's, so it's, you know, it's, 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 you know it's, it's hot with radiation. And then when they're trying to move, you know, some reactor, radioactive water, they, it drips on the floor, pipe breaks or something like that. Maybe, you know, typical crappy weld. And so then it gets busted to the very bottom of the you know, as low as they could go, just, just above Chernobyl, just above Three Mile Island, whatever. And so then they go and look, presumably at the, you know, at the backgrounds of, you know, the workers there at the nuclear power plant, and they say in the Channel 5 thing, type in Brian Real, just type in Brian Real, You'll see about the North Perry Power Plant, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission is looking. Here's Brian Real pretend to be a whistleblower. Well, they went ahead and looked and typed in and saw a self-loathing, you know, Marvel homosexual, you know, who is talking and, you know, gloating about shooting down FBI agents and uh, Lake County and essentially who's suing 41 businesses, including the NRA and Arbitron and Starkist. <laughs> so maybe maybe Buck McHugh's little L's went ahead and put it to the very top. But I went ahead and looked at it and I said, shoot. You know, last week I said I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is I may have inadvertently saved twenty to a hundred million, you know, zogling wigger and mamser ass clowns. What's the bad news? They're centered around Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> so hey, here these people are, and if they had Googled Brian Rio, they could have seen before they hired the worthless bastard that it is essentially a 
mixed-race, self-loathing, evil mongrel who's talking about killing everyone who wasn't pure white, even though he's not pure white. They could have found out he was a non-white, white supremacist. So, it is hilarious. It is hilarious to see that here are these people looking at a serious internal security threat. Who is a serious internal security threat? Well, guess what? You have a crazy mongrel. I mean, shoot, would you done better have an owl and Martha Kaida and ISIS working at the North Perry power plant? Of course, I listened to these retards, and here they are. There was one church named Flake, and uh, he's a United States senator from Arizona. And he said, you know, he said just like Ryan Paul Ryan, it is, it is, a, you know, it is beyond the pale that the Donald should talk about not bringing in Muslim terrorists from overseas. Folks, uh, it was up to me. I'd say is that Chelsea, you know, old Chelsea and her little grand kaiklet should be, you know, held hostages. So if we have a Muslim problem, what happens? You execute Chelsea and her little kaiklet, you know, and, you know, Hillary's little grand kaiklet, because they let them in. I mean, essentially, uh, Chelsea and little grand kaiklet would be hostages for ragheads' bad behavior. Why let these creatures into the country? Why, why even bother letting them in? That's stupid. But here I am. You know, here I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, getting. Uh, I'll go ahead and talk about the novel and essentially all these other talks here. But anyway, that's what I got. You know, I got in the mail. I got something from the. Uh, I got what I sent out to the. Uh, Mentor Municipal Court to where the Mentor Municipal Court realizes that Brian Rio abuses legal process. I, on behalf of Roxy, asked Roxy to uh, simply ask for $15,000 against old nigger lips, Brian Rio, on the grounds is that, hey, he's abused legal process. Now, I do, I do not believe that the Mentor Municipal Court has jurisdiction because he's suing first my church, then me, and then Roxy. And I don't believe that the Mentor Municipal Court has any jurisdiction outside of Mentor. I don't believe that the Lake County, Ohio court should have any jurisdiction outside of Lake County. And if Brian Real goes ahead and files a lawsuit, he should he should file a he should file a bond to where, hey, if he's following a bogus, if he's following a bogus uh, charge, by the, by the way, I went ahead and uh, sent to the mentor municipal court Brian Rio's draft for William Fink of December 5th, 2015, where Brian Rio had all these cases from the Ohio Supreme Court and the federal district of, well, the federal court of the Northern District of Ohio in Cleveland. But no, uh, you know, lawsuits like Brian Rio, uh, you know, these local courts do not have jurisdiction over out-of-state people or anything like that, You know, not if the purpose is to harass. So here I am looking, 
And essentially, the Lake County Court is already trying to back off, and that's why they sent me this recording of Brian Reno. Now, do I, does it really matter to me what, Brian, what lies Brian Reno said in Painesville, Ohio, to this big-titted pea-brained skank? And the answer is no. I mean, shoot, if she wants to go ahead and this slimy wop called Vince Colada, if they want to go ahead and say that you can have ex parte trials held in absentia, you know, the solution is to essentially condemn the lives and property to Lake County, Ohio residents, to anybody who wants to, 900, you know, 100, 200, 300, 900 miles away. Have a counter regime court to where, guess what? You write out death sentences. You write out, you write out, uh, you know, treason sentences. And then the question is, is just like I used to tell the common law court people, it doesn't really matter what, you know, what the law is. Why do you, why do you believe that they're going to listen to your bullshit when they don't even make their own damn law? So, over the last week or so, I was over on Greg Johnson's countercurrents, and he went ahead and reprinted. You know, he sort of thinks I'm funny. Now, part of the reason is that, hey, uh, I am not cutting into Dr. Greg Johnson's bunch of alt-right intellectual facts. Really not. I guess I would be called paleo-right. But he was he was getting down. Rams Paul was doesn't like Andre the nigger angling. Rams Paul uh, claimed he's three percent Jew boy, something like that. And Rams Paul doesn't like Andre the nigger angling. Neither does another alt right winger faggot, uh, Colin Liddell. And I've been fighting with Ezra Pound and another tard, another man. Bams are tarred, who's a think Zogbot, over on uh, his altlightblogspot.com. Then all you anonymous, you know, Bams are faggots, are, well, pretty well, not only a waste of hide, but, but, what difference does it make here? I point out is that when Trader Glenn Miller ran out of my office, down at my mama, down at my mom's trailer. Oh, by the way, Piggle wants me to buy his half of the trailer. Well, where are you going? Where are you going to put the hippo and baby Piggle? Oh, we'll move somewhere. So okay. He was already talking about. Oh, well, do you want to split the twenty-one thousand three ways? I said no. I want to split three hundred thousand. Three ways. So then he blamed he blamed he blamed me because he went to this law firm who had he divvied up the estate of my bitch grandmother Jenny. Well, he went ahead and read this stuff. I said, "No, they didn't read that much stuff." I mean, if you if you don't go ahead and accuse me of something. You know, I know, I know you bitch got a uh, got a cable subscription. I sent the other day. A month or two, she, your bitch got a cable subscription when you were, you know, running off to South Dakota. 
So you can go ahead and go over to, you know, look up Google Mark Linstead and Google up Peggle and find out what the hell I'm saying about you. I put a bunch of stuff up. So anyway, he has all sorts of notions. In the meantime, in the meantime, why, you know, there's another lawsuit I need to file, and that is, let's well, say against the state of Missouri. The state of Missouri, since 2006, thanks to their trader, Glenn Miller, has got to where if you are a, quote, white supremacist, you're not allowed to run for federal, state, or local office, which is fine by me. I mean, there's no way in hell I'm going to win an election. And if they want to say that their elections are illegitimate, don't mean anything, and when it comes down to it, we're not going to have elections if it goes against contrary to what we want, that's fine. Then there is no, there is no anchor to power. Power is what it is. So as a result, since there's no power and no law, power means that you seize power and you exterminate your enemies. You're not going to put them in the Franklin Delano Rosenfeld or the Gertrude Stein lesbian work camp or the Hillary Clinton work camp. You're going to go ahead and skim them and they're spawn out. You do whatever the hell you want to to them. I'm looking at these swiggers. I'm looking at these swiggers running for school board, and they are all uncomfortable. They're all uncomfortable here about I talk about how Sheriff Ken Copeland's pigs knocked out four of my teeth, take them in the house. Do they deny that happened? No. They just think I'm ill-bred for not being grateful for being, well, beaten up and uh, brought, you know, brought up there. So as a result, you, you get to where, why should you feel sorry for them or their children? Really. If you're in politics any time, you know, any, any length of time, you end up understanding that Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong and Paul Pot and Genghis Khan had a point. For example, Genghis Khan, he sent, he sent his ambassadors to this Shah, who was a caliph in Baghdad. And he won the, he won the, he wanted the caliph's surrender. And the caliph went ahead and chopped off the head of Genghis Khan's, uh, you know, envoys. So what happened? What Genghis Khan did? Well, he killed a million. Of these ragheads, of these, of these, uh, you know, killed a whole million of them, destroyed all of Baghdad, tore up the you old know, good deal of his canals, you know, irrigation canals, and turned Baghdad into a vast desolate, you know, desert. And for fun, he went in and stacked their heads up on there. Now, that is raw, that is mean, that is cruel. And the answer is yes. How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet that if he had gotten to Mecca, that people there wouldn't have wouldn't have surrendered real quick and given up, especially surrendered Genghis Khan? And the answer is sure they would have. 
I used to whine or listen to whining about Dresden or Hiroshima or Nagasaki, but now you realize is that, hey, according to the Bible, you go along with a regime criminal's, uh, you know, doings. Well, just like the tribe of Benjamin, just like anybody else who violates Yahweh's law, you're going to die. It's no longer a matter of right. It's a matter of power. And you don't feel sorry for people who do wrong. So I have to look. I have to look, and I see that Donald Trump, he won. He won the uh, nomination. And this lying weasel, Tuesday night, this lying little rat weasel, Ted Cruz, who claims to be a great guilt Christian, and essentially he's a thief and a liar and a sneak and a rat. You know, Cuban, Kanukistani rat. He went ahead and quit. Now, he was whining and pissing him off because the Donald had repeated something that was said on the uh, National Enquirer about how his worthless, crazoid daddy, who says that Yahweh anointed, you know, I guess with a mixture sort of like, uh, you know, Clint Downey did with uh, Meerkat Mark, a, a mixture of Jurgis Lotion, Crisco Oil, and Clint Stanky. Anointed old Ted to be president or king or whatever. You know, this mongrel, this lying, rat-like mongrel to be king over Wiggers. King of the Wiggers. And the niggers and the zoglings. Well, here's old Ted. He realizes that shit, there's no damn way the Donald's going to get, the Donald's going to get 1,237, probably even more. Because he got all the delegates, in, you know, you know, in Indiana, so he quits. And the next day, the Pussy Pollock, who's a tweaker from LSD, uh, Pussy Pollock Kasich, he went in and quit. So here's Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and then you have all these worthless pieces of shit, the Dumbias, the the George Herbert Walker Hoover Bushes, you know, these war criminals. We're not going to show up, and we're not going to vote for Trump. Okay, don't. But here is old Jeb, who had promised he would support the nominee, and now Jeb, well, in addition to like a midget Mexican pussy, he doesn't believe in keeping his word. Not that any of them ever did. So here is Jack Ryan, here's this faggot, Lindsey Graham. You have, you have old creepy McCain himself. Insane McCain. I'm going to show up. All right. Really, really, what, what uh, you know, Sarah Palin has endorsed, well, Sarah Palin has endorsed this primary opponent of Lion Ted Ryan from Seymour, Janesville, Janesville, Wisconsin. By the way, about a decade ago, there was a GM plant in, you know, in Janesville, Wisconsin. No more. It went to Mexico. It went somewhere else. So, in case here you have all these Republican ass clowns, 
and they're saying that their word is no good. Surprise, 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 Sergeant Carter. These pieces of shit, these politicians, that word is no good. Surprise, 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 Sergeant Carter. So it reminds me of the Gomer Powell joke. Gomer Powell. Gomer Powell, he has a little girlfriend, Luann. Luann, can I put my finger in your belly button? Well, Gomer, I guess. Gomer, that is not my belly button. Surprise, 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 take my finger there. <laughs> I mean, every, you know, I mean, you know, the villainy of most people, of most people, not just politicians. I mean, politicians, politicians, they're just natural villains. They're just, they're, you know, they, they're, they're, Actual default is lies and villainy. But 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 you have zoggling wigger and mams or ash clowns, their their default is villainy too. So anyway. That you know, that is uh, I I'm I'm looking to where here are these courts. They can't obey their own damn laws. Here is this attorney general of Missouri. He can't, you know, he can't obey, you know, he can't obey the law. Here's this judge. They can't obey the law. So, folks, why should anyone obey the law? Why should the law be anything other than what the hell you can force upon others? Why not? Why not make Sog Babylon a, essentially, a death trap? So here I am talking to Greg Johnson. He says, oh, we're all going to be united together. Well, we're not going to be united together. I tried to tell you that it doesn't really matter. You know, there was no shaming Trader Glenn Miller. He ran out of my, he ran out of my uh, office, not because he was ashamed for being a snitch or a rat. I was in the federal witness protection program. Nobody went to prison on my testimony. He went out of my office because he thought I was playing with him by mentioning Lewis Beam and Catch a Lane. He thought I was going to pull out a Bowie knife or a thirty-eight, you know, revolver and plug his worthless rat ass and claim they assaulted me. Or tried to. So Luke the Puke was playing the February 2005 audio where is Trader Glenmore? I don't want to bring out dirty movement linen. I'm just forced to. I have to defend my manhood. You don't have manhood. You have manhood when you went in and did the stitching. You didn't have manhood when you went whining to the order because you heard that there was money to be involved in the stupid order and gave you $250,000. That's why I told Catch a Wing. I said, shoot, you read his book. You don't like his book. You know, not that I believe Trader Glenn Miller wrote this book any more than Bell Fink wrote his New Talmud translation. Here's Bell Fink 
In 2010, he don't know who Simon Magus was. Well, I don't know. Should you know who Simon Magus was if you translated? No. Don't think don't know anything about the Bible. You go, you go look at him, listen to his shows nowadays. Why he's no devil, but he has to talk about children. You know the protocols of Satan. Well, what's the protocol of Satan? Well, Satan is not Satan. Satan is the Jews. You know everyone. This false king was. You know, in fact, everybody who's against Yahweh's law right now is big capitalist Satan. This is from June fourteenth, two thousand June sixth, two thousand fourteen. Well, think of Satan as everything and everybody. And there is no actual Satan, Satan, capital S Satan, a former archangel, then, you know, hey, what is Satan going to do? Well, he has to he has to do the same thing Meerkat Mark does. Meerkat Mark Downey. How does he explain Job? Well, he can't. So as a result, here Frank is just simply a no devil, a no devil papist preterist Jew boy. He showed up, along with another papist preterist, supporting Sicilian Marino Jew named uh, Captain Samilki Clifton Amhaz, who showed up, pretend to be a Compare scholar. We don't like Compare. All these creatures, they show up. They're injected into the bowel movement. And you're going to shame them? How are you going to shame them? They've been given they've been given a ghost written book, like Trader Glenn Miller was given, like Bell Fink was given, like Andre the Nigger Angling was given. Shoot, you want to go look at Andre the Nigger Angling's uh, little uh, Filipino jailbait thing, just type in Andrew Anglin, comma, Filipino, Philippines, comma, jailbait girlfriend, comma, sex tourist, or even sex tourist author. And you will see this live link, you know, thing to Andre the Nigger Angling. He's looking like he, from what I gather, he's probably still sex touristing. Maybe, maybe he's you know, reached to Noib now here. <laughs> Folks, it's Hal Turner. It's Hal Turner financing. Hal Turner, he wanted some money. He went to the FBI. I want to get rid of you. Know, don't you want to get rid of these dangerous scumbags? Sure we do. Well, what happens is that you give me a show, I'll be your shock doc, $100,000 a year, plus you pay for my web page, you pay for the shortwave, you pay for the FM, you pay for whatever, and $10,000 a head for however many head I give you. Sure, how? How? You're getting a little bit out of control. How? We're, we we sent you to... Uh, we sent you to, uh, you know, not so great Britain. We went ahead and sent you to Brazil. Uh, you know, I mean, all you did was be an ass clown there. Well, yes, but I was your ass clown, dog. We went ahead and threatened Judges 3, and guess what? Now he's no longer a buddy, but, you know, his lawyer tells quite true that, hey, he's been working for the FBI for, what, past three, four, five, six years? 
I mean, hey, it's sort of like Andre the Nigger Ang- you know, Angley. He doesn't write his daily spurmer or his total fascism. Trader Glenn Miller, he didn't write his little ghost-written book, uh, White Rats Squeaks Out. Dale Frank, he didn't write a new Talmud translation. You know, Greek to him was a third or fourth language after English was the second language. His first language is Yiddish, the language the yeshiva. You know, English is a second, maybe a third language to poor old Bale Frank. <laughs> you don't know who Simon Magus was. You don't know a number of things. So who gave him, who gave him this new Talmud translation he got? And you're going to shame, shame these people and their little Jew followers, their little Mongol followers, and their little niggerlet followers who are nutty as hell, who want to be pig liars or nuclear plant workers, who are, you know, shoot. Like, like I tell these people, I said, shoot, you do hopefully have, you know, somebody, uh, you know, metal detectors at the courthouse or whatever, don't you? Oh, yeah. This is shoot. I mean, every time I hear, every time I hear about a mass shooting or something in Chicago, in Cleveland here, I'm just waiting here, nigger lip, nigger lip, shitskin mongrel who used to be a white supremacist and who worked at the nuclear power plant before he got detected, has, has gone ahead and gunned down a whole bunch of nigglets here, mentor in elementary school or Cleveland or wherever. You're going to shame these people, Greg Johnson? I don't think so. They have no shame. Folks, what you do, what you do if you want to win anything, you understand. It's just a matter of time before things fall apart. There is no savings on Babylon. So why are you pretending otherwise? Like a retard. I mean, you act like they're slopping your trough for this sort of stupid shit. And there ain't. Going and looking. I keep on trying to point out the Zog Babylon is not in good shape. I was looking I was looking tonight here. And they're having this Invictus, you know, game. They have this here red, you know, red-haired ginger royal Jew boy, Prince Harry, Prince Harry. And they have Jumbia, Jumbia there, who started that war. And, well, pretty well used Tony Blair's little butt boy, his little poodle. Well, Jumbia's there for this Invictus games. For wounded warriors, wounded fucked up warriors. Why is anybody surprised? Here's old Dumby. He's looking older, looking more retarded. He's born the same day as Bubba Caligula. You know, maybe maybe he is a good deal. You know, thanks to Barbara Bush's telegraphy, maybe he is the very first Anglo Mestizo president. <laughs> really, you know, not Ted Cruz. I mean, sometimes Dumby, I think, is browner than old Ratman. You know, uh, lying Ted Cruz. But here was a smirk, was still the witless smirk, smirk, smirk. 
and his his brother here, who's also also suffering from inverse male telegamy. I'm not going to support Trump. And y'all look and y'all laugh at for all these years. These characters have pretty well told their Republican base here of white of white working class people, coal miners and rest here. Well, you got to support the Republican nominee, but hey, when the base goes ahead and supports someone like Donald Trump who says that, hey, I'm going to make America great again. All of a sudden, they can't support the Republican nominee now, can they? Here's Ryan Ryan. Couldn't even couldn't even freaking carry his congressional district for president. I'm not going to support Donald until Donald kisses my ass on both you know, on both cheeks here and twice and does a lurk, lick slurp in the middle. I don't give a crap, Ryan Ryan. You're going. You're going. You're a you're a great budget wizard. Why you're going to get the you're going to go ahead and get the uh, Gaffey set down to what forty trillion dollars in twenty five years? <laughs> uh, heck, these retards. So that's been pretty well my weekend or something like that, and we're coming up to the tenth here which will be, what, the 11th anniversary of my false arrest, $100,000 bail designed so I wouldn't be able to meet it. And then three and a half years of torture and doping and maximum security in that house. Then you wonder, and you wonder why I like what's happening. I really do. Now, folks, if you want to show your real resistance bona fide, actually, uh, you don't do it with a ghost-written book like Trader Glenn Miller or a ghost-written New, New Talmud translation like Mel Fink or a Daily Spermer to where you're a, well, you're a witless, pointy-headed, nigger, sex tourist, like Andre the nigger angling. You do it by sometimes not having a very super professional auction show or form or whatever. But folks, really, when it comes down to it, what do you need to know? There's no overthrowing Zog by yourself. But the, the other side of it is there's no savings on. You know, Trump ain't going to make America great. They already admitted is that, hey, for the past, what, 12 years? They admitted that in 2004, all the kindergarten students were minority, minority white. So look forward 12 years, and guess what? Every single, every single bit of the school is that you are raising niggers and beaters and mongrels. And they outnumber Wigger kids, even even by the standards of Wigger kids, Wigger dumb, by about 55 to 45. 
then ask yourself how great this diversity is going to work when you go and look and you see in Flint, Michigan, that they're bitching that the white taxpayers have left Flint, Michigan. Now the poor niggers are dying of drinking lead. And Obongo is going to make Michigan tax white taxpayers pay for niggers. At the same time, in Detroit, they're talking about cutting off about a third of the niggers' water because the niggers haven't paid their water bill for what? Years? Decades? Now, folks, I really wouldn't worry too much about the Zog, you know, Zog Army, which is going to have little wounded warrior games celebrating getting their ass blown up by ragheads. Where old Charles Keating's grandson is killed, you know, by ISIS, or or by the fact that Zog Babylon got in two wars, where they were got their asses whipped by ten thousand goat herders and part-time freedom fighters, you know, in a war which was doomed to lose. Or didn't they learn anything from Vietnam? It don't matter if you kill two million of these here little brown people. You know, these little brown, these little gooks, they like to screw like crazy here. You know, ask, you know, Luke the gook, puke. You know, Luke the pedal pufter, puke. Gee, some gooks like to screw here. I mean, anybody, anybody can see 1.5 billion gooks here and then claim them gooks don't like to screw. I mean, there's something wrong with your head here. Either that or you're not able to comprehend math. <laughs> But you tell me, ever since the Second War was designed to kill white people, aka where we made we made uh, we made the world safe for Khazar capitalism and Khazar communism, <laughs> you know, uh, fighting and fighting, fighting all these here little brown and nigger and good people. All these, you know, non-white people going over there and thinking we're going to turn them into little, you know, they're, they're all wrapped up in a little, you know, even the biggest nigger, you know, he's little, there's a little whigger trying to get out. Or a little brown turd-looking critter. Why, there's a little whigger there trying to get out. Or a little gook, there's a little whigger there trying to get out. Well, hey, if we can just go ahead and teach them to fight all the other gooks here in their own little civil war, well, guess what? We'll turn them into little whiggers here underneath the skin. They'll just they'll just go ahead and sort of like wily coyote. They'll just become whiggers. Well, no, they won't. No, they won't. But folks, if you're about in the bow moment and you really want to preach anything, preach what is going. Well, you know, like I told Edgar Steele, the whigger whimper, preach with the tide of history. There's that Zog Babylon sooner or later. We'll run out of financial steam, run out of wiggers who are able to keep Zog Babylon going, and eventually it will, of course, collapse. And like Walter Starr said, is that most of these, you know, mighty evil empires in the past they have collapsed because of deficit spending. I remember reading a book where 1995 Medicare is going to end Zog Babylon. That was the night, this was a book written in 1992. <laughs> 1995 will be too late. Okay. 2016. 
what I see this year is another little 2008, but four times as bad. And this time, there's no fixing it. So, folks, enjoy the, let me see, last year, the summer of Trump, and then the fall of Trump, then the winter of Trump, and now the spring of Trump. Enjoy the summer of Trump. And then the fall of Trump. Folks, whoever, quote, wins, it's going to be a, it's just going to be a shit sandwich. The good news is that, you know, the, the bad news the bad news is that, hey, you know, Zog Babylon will eat a big old shit sandwich. <laughs> a big, big, big old shit sandwich. And the only good news is that most Utahs don't like to taste the bread. So, all right, folks, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Save the chat. We will be back in a few minutes. Hail victory.
Okay. Yes, I admit we got a wicked problem. Where's on my mind? The way they run to and fro. If the wings you'll never find Yes, I admit we got a wigger problem Fill the trough up to the top The way they run to and fro And they're always eating slop I wake up and right away Stupid wiggers come to mind the way they run to and fro, that the wheels you'll never find. Yes, I admit, we got a wigger problem. Wigger's always on my mind. The way they run to and fro, 
that the words you'll never find. Yes, I admit we got a wigger problem. Fill the trough up to the top. The way they went to grow. And always eat your slop. Did you keep remembering how good dog used to be? Being kind, love, sold on freedom memory. Yes, I admit we got a wigger problem. Wigger's always on my mind. The way they want to and call, stick the words you'll never find. Yes, I admit we got a wigger problem. Fill the trough up to the top. The way they want to grow. And they're always eating slop. The way they want to grow. And they're always eating slop. Okay, we are back. Uh, I'm not sure what. I think I'll mute a few tards here, even though they are nothing but trouble. I do got a room full of tards here. This this is one of the uh, this is one of the more tard fulfilled uh, shows on Talks to You. Really is. Now, is that a good thing? I don't know. Let's see, the last week, couple of weeks here, you had old uh, Aussie uh, Luke the Pedal Pufter Puke coming on, making demands, and so as a result, the shows were sort of crappy. And I did get a, what, oh, pretty well 56 you know, minute rant, you know, a monologue done tonight. So that means that, hey, uh, all we have to do, uh, no, 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 no. There is no look to puke here. Okay? You get what you put into the universe? <laughs> See? See? All right. Well, here. Let's just go ahead and unmute somebody. Hello, racist or Norman or whatever. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well enough. Uh, I pretty well lived through, or Roxy lived through uh, Mother's Day. Uh, her her second daughter showed up, uh, aka Fat Ass, came over because her and Red Nigger are starving. They uh, they're working on getting cut off of food stamps. So what I did is I. Well, essentially, I cleaned out the Buick from all this, uh, you know, stuff that I had in the back of that here that I didn't want to eat. And I cleaned out, I pretty well cleaned out the uh, 
Well, the freezer bin on top of the refrigerator, which of all the stuff that don't want to eat, and pretty well told them that if they didn't want to eat their puppy dog, uh, who's that dog food, could go ahead and eat it. So pretty well I got rid of about two, three bags of stuff which may have been animal six months ago, but it's been sitting in there, and I didn't really want to throw it out, even though I should have. And since I gave it to them, they came over and, so anyway, they got, oh, what happens is that uh, my stepdaughter, I call her fat ass, uh, her, uh, her boyfriend, she's a, he's actually the father of my oldest and favoritest uh, grandchild. So, uh, you know, found out, found out while I was in that house that, uh, you know, it wasn't just anybody uh, at the uh, high school, it was her boyfriend. So... In case he's sort of a fat wigger as well, named Danny, and he got red hair, and so does fat ass. So uh, you know, pretty well. Uh, I never was on bad terms with him, even though I wasn't that crazy about him. So, in case they came over and oh, I gave him some canned goods, and I gave him some uh, stuff at the back, you know, back of, that I got from this church. And pretty well, I cleaned out uh, all the slop, which, uh, you know, out of the very top for, I guess, her Mother's Day. So that's what uh, that's what I did today. Gotcha. Well, I got a question for you in regards to sure. something you said earlier. Uh, you were talking about uh, people like in Dresden. Uh, mm-hmm. You were talking about, you know, what happened in Dresden. The, yeah. The... Uh, uh, Jewish-led American bombing and, uh, I believe, British bombing as well of Dresden. Mm-hmm. Was it both the British and the Americans? I know it was the Americans. It was, it was both the British and the Americans. I think it was mainly the Americans. They they went ahead, and uh, you got to realize is that they had, they had, what, oh, about 20,000 or more actual killed in the 8th United States Air Army. And over, what, 90,000 other casualties or whatever, missing, you know, wounded, whatever. So they had, you know, they had a, they had a sizable, they had a sizable, uh, you know, amount. Now, the B-17 was one of the better made bombers. It was a rather tough bomber. You know, far more tough than the B-29, which mainly bombed in the Pacific Theater. But B-17, they they bid. Uh, All together, really, uh, I was talking with a friend from the Nuthouse, and I was pointing out, I was pointing out that as you get more and more into politics, you you end up realizing that Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong and Paul Pot and Genghis Khan have a point. Now, if you look in the Bible, you look in the Bible, uh, I'm, I'm pretty well getting all this stuff from, uh, you know, pretty well the Newton County uh, people who, you know, pretty well told my brother he could go ahead and kill my mother. You know, this is Mother's Day, so this is my third year with a uh, dead mother because my brother out of greed decided to go ahead and kill her. And Friday he got back from South Dakota. He had to, he had to go ahead and tell me, you know, I mean, I can get, 
goes out of him for about three to five minutes, and then goes down south because he wants to blame me and my sister for killing, you know, for his killing of my mom because, well, according to him, we scared poor old mom to death. And the answer is, is that no, no, no. You took her 800 miles away from her home, and she was due to be brought back down here. And if she had been brought back down here, she probably could have lived as long as her bitch mother for about another, oh, usually about another dozen years or so. But no, you deprived her of her blood pressure medicine, and you are the one that scared her to death because you are the only one who had her phone number or who was allowed to have her phone number. And so, yes, you are the one that killed her. Killed her. You want to go ahead and blame me and Susan because I see you brought her up there so you could steal $300,000 of her estate. So now there's $21,000 left, and he wants to play the game of, well, let's divide up the remaining money by a third. I says, yeah, let's divide up by a third. Uh, as I look at, why well, you know, a third of three hundred thousand is a hundred thousand dollars. You know, Susan, she'd like her hundred thousand dollars. You know, so we were going according to the will, going according to the will that my mom and dad made in nineteen seventy-two. So you talk about Dresden, and you realize, you know, that if you look at the Bible, in the case of, you know, I don't know if you looked at the very last. You know, essentially the last books of Judges. Now, they should be the first books of Judges in chronological order because you've got to realize that Phineas was a high priest. And you know who Phineas is, don't you? Yeah, well, uh, something on that in terms of uh, Yahweh, because you were talking about Yahweh's will. Yeah. Uh, so... And you know how they, you were saying, didn't obey Yahweh's will. Um, I was just curious, why don't you think it says anywhere in the Bible uh, that eugenics are important, that, well, it does actually talk about uh, proper nutrition. Uh, well, in the, in, the, in the case of, okay, in proper nutrition, you weren't supposed to eat a number of... No, it, it, does, talk, it does talk about proper nutrition, so I don't care about okay. that. Uh, that's, that's in you're, talking about, you're, talking about, you're talking about eugenics. Okay, and the answer is is that Yahweh is not, is not a universalist. He has reserved the children of Israel for his domain. If you, if you look at the... Uh, Essentially, the Bible, you go look at the generations of Japheth, of Shem, and of Ham. You know, Genesis chapter 10. Why, you find out that of, that of all the white nations, why, he was only interested in the middle son, who is Shem. And of Shem, he didn't really pay too much attention to the Elamites. You know, he used the Assyrians, but after their time was done, he let them be destroyed. He didn't care for, he didn't care over much for the Persians or the Greeks or the Romans. Really, all he really cared for his portion uh, was of Israel. And if you look at the book of Jasher, you understand that among the white nations, you know, he didn't really, you know, I believe that 
He did create the niggers and the gooks and the rest here, but they're not his portion. He doesn't really care for them. So when you look at it, you're talking about eugenics. Why, in many cases, eugenics is that if people disobey the law of Yahweh, and they're told to, like in the case of the tribe of Benjamin, they allow these Amorite Gibeonites to live as hewers of wood and drawers of water, and within 50 or 60 years, guess what? They're no longer these slaves here. They are the masters. So as a result, this Levite's concubine is murdered, and the Levite makes a claim for justice, and these stupid Benjamites allow these Jew boys to get away with sodomy and murder. So as a result, there is a civil war between between what the other well actually eleven tribes did fight and the Levites did not do the you know do the fighting, but there is a civil war between Israel and Benjamin. And the end result is that Benjamin is essentially slaughtered not throughout the other lands, but in the land of Israel. The Benjamites are slaughtered to where there's only six hundred of their fastest soldiers who are hiding up in the rocks. And the question is, is how are we going to go ahead and rebuild back that tribe? And as a result, they had to exterminate another tribe of either Manasseh or of Gad on the Transjordan called Jabesh Jabesh Gilead. Yeah, now I asked you before about uh, circumcision. Okay, and and I, uh, I I told you the answer was that uh, circumcision is no longer necessary as a result of a agreement with the New Testament Church by the elders in Jesus Christ. So therefore, circumcision is no longer necessary. I think I gave you that answer, didn't I? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but okay. I, I guess I was just curious. Uh, no, oh, no, another thing I'm curious about. So I okay. think have, says- I, have I answered? Have I answered your question in that? If if a people and their leaders violate Yahweh's law, it is perfectly acceptable to go ahead and kill not only these leaders who violate the law, but any members, uh, you know, any members, any white people who follow, who follow, who who go ahead and are part of disobeying Yahweh's law. So in the case of Dresden, the understanding is is that if you are of you know, that you are on the losing side because now it's not a matter of law. You know, no no side is obeying any law. Essentially, if there's no obeying any law, it's a matter of power. Essentially, whoever is in power has as much right to, you know, has as much, well, not so much a right. It's just simply that the people of Dresden, mainly women and children and old men, because it really was not militarily worthwhile, essentially they are at the wrong place at the wrong time. And therefore they are in no more good shape here than in Luke chapter 16 when Christ asked, do you think these people on this Tower of Siloam, which collapsed a week ago, do you think they were the worst sinners in Jerusalem? Or do you think these uh, Benjamite uh, Benjamite Galileans who were slaughtered by Pilate a month or so ago, do you think that they were the most sinners? And the answer is that no. 
they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you too, you too, you have to live in this world, and therefore you are subject to whatever happens here. But I don't, you know, unlike most of the Uyghurs and the rest here, I don't shed too many tears for the uh, Japanese who lived in Hiroshima or Nagasaki or, you know, the Germans who lived in Dresden. And if the Germans had gotten nuclear weapons and decided to destroy the District of Corruption or New York or anything like that, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be crying for them either. They would simply get, more than likely, what they deserved. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. I have a question about, I think it's Deuteronomy, where it says, in fact, I'll look it up here just so I make sure I'm the right version, well, most but. common is Deuteronomy chapter 23 about who all was allowed in the congregation of Israel. No, no, that's is that not the one? No, no, no. Um, oh, Leviticus. Uh, As for your male and female slaves whom you may have, you may acquire male and female slaves from the pagan nations that are around you. Leviticus 25:44. So I guess, I mean, you know, and I had looked at that verse, you know, from the perspective that that was Jews, and that's their ideology well, to have all the slaves yeah, around them. Now, other a, other groups have had, like the Vikings took slaves, you know, from other countries, although they took slaves from countries that at least looked like them generally, although that's just because that's who they were next to. I don't know if that was Well, the Vikings uh, were big slavers. The Vikings were big slavers. Yeah, yeah, but my question is, so my question is, um, you, know, you know, you have in the Old Testament uh, and then you have in the New Testament, well, you have some soft stuff in, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, uh, you have some stuff that, like, have you ever seen, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, have you ever seen a YouTube channel that goes into some of the, uh, some of the sort of sexual stuff that's in the Old Testament? No, I guess well, I Well, okay, how about I the four, I okay, don't. what do you think about this? What do you think about Yahweh having Skin. Like I think his name is Dark Matter twenty five twenty five, and he's uh, I mean you know he points out like in certain parts of the Bible, he talks about Yahweh um, having foreskins as an offering to satisfy him. So I mean I'm just curious what you think I, about that. I don't remember I don't remember any such thing. The only time I've seen the only time I have seen. Uh, pretty well talking about satisfying somebody with an offering of foreskin was when Saul was trying to get David killed by pretty well telling him to uh, bring him, you know, bring him uh, some foreskin in return for, well, you know, he'd already killed Goliath, this Rephaim nine-foot, you know, giant. And supposedly he was due to have the king's daughter, and his family was supposed to have surcease from taxation, and uh, whoever conquered him was supposed to become a you know high man up in the army. And pretty well, Saul sort of welched her. <laughs> so then they demand foreskins. I you know if you have somebody yapping about foreskins, it seems to me you are far more intent upon the foreskins here um, than I really am. I, yeah, I think I already answered your question about you know, circumcision being necessary, and I said, no, it isn't. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Exodus 
425, where... Exodus 425. Um, yeah. Okay, this is, where, this is where Moses... Is this where Moses, or is this... Well, let me just read it here. Uh, this is from the uh, New International Version. Um, but uh, Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. Um, and so I think I think uh, so the Lord let him alone at the time. She said, "Bridegroom of blood," referring to circumcision. Uh, well, I no, I mean, pretty much, pretty much, Moses married a Midianite, and the Midianites were related to the Israelites because they were. Children. No, I, but I just children. quoted. I just quoted the next verse. <laughs> what you're, what you seem to be. So what, so what? So so essentially, Moses, Midianitish wife here. She is given, being given a. She's being given, essentially the, uh, you know, essentially the choice is that if she doesn't circumcise her sons, this death angel will kill her sons, and so. So that uh, here it is, here it is, and so she goes and cuts off the tip of her son's peckers, and pretty well says, "Hey, you made me do it. What an asshole you are, Moses." I mean, that would be what I read into it. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm just curious uh, because you know some people, I think, understandably, would look at the practice of circumcision and think that it's. Uh, uh, somewhat. Well, I have uh, a question. Horrific, are you are you are you yourself circumcised? <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you about that subject. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying either you are or you're not. If you're not, I would say I would say that at least with me here, you're you know you're. Uh, you know your pecker foreskin is safe here. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to. You know, I have I said anything that might induce you to take out a rock, you know, beat a rock, sharp rock, and you know, saw away? And if I have, why, uh, you know, that isn't my intention. You know, you either are, or you're not. In which case, if you are, there ain't much a damn thing you can do about. It. So. I mean, it really has about as much sense as Caitlyn Jenner Jennings talking about whether or not she's going to have her dick, have his or her, whatever's dick cut off here. I mean, uh, pretty well, uh, pretty well, most of us say enough, enough about talking about whether or not you have a polar hole. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just asking you in general because. In general, general, here it says is that, hey, an angel or an angel of Yahweh met, met him at the sin, and essentially the choice is, you know, go ahead and do some pecker clipping, or, or, or what happens is that Moses is going to have, you know, Moses is going to have some dead male spawn, and pretty well, pretty well, uh, the angel makes it pretty well clear what's uh, you know expected. She didn't have a pocket knife at the time, but you know she did find a sharp you know rock or something like that. She did the clipping, and then she said, "Moses, what an asshole you are!" You know that's about what it boils down to. I mean, she did not have a good Mother's Day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. okay? Um, so, uh, 
Okay, well, I mean, I'm just curious about because I don't know. That's one of the problems I have. I mean, I, if I look at why is it a big problem? You either you either well, it's a you either have, you either have a practice. close skin or you don't. I'll tell. No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you about the topic in general. It's a sick practice. Like, well, I you know I I don't tell people. I mean, I'm not running around telling people. What to do? I mean, you asked me. I'm not me a saying question. you are. That's I not said, what it's about. I said, I said it's not necessary for Christians. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about it. It's just the fact that it's in there. There's also some other stuff. I, I, I guess I have to brush up on it to, you know. Uh, well, you see far about, more, far more into it than what I am. I mean, I just simply answered the question. Ever since the New Testament Church, they're bringing in. They're bringing in these Adamic Greeks and Romans who are what? You know, they're 20, 30, 40 years old, and they decide that they want to become Christians. But, oh, no, it really hurts to go ahead and cut off a half inch from a pecker or so. It really, it really freaking hurts. It takes about two weeks to get over that. <laughs> so is it necessary? And the answer is it got sent to Jerusalem, and uh, one who actually was the one who did most of the administrative work was Jesus Christ's own brother, James, called James the Just. And he, they got their heads together and said, no, it's not necessary for these Gentiles to undergo circumcision. And, oh, by the way, if they want to eat, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, of cow or, uh, you know, not pig, but cow or sheep or goat or chicken or dove or pigeon, uh, and it's been sacrificed to Zeus or Baal or whatever, uh, they can go ahead and eat that, you know, that eat that meat, which essentially is the same as getting at a supermarket, and that's fine too. Yeah. So 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 as a result, they didn't make it that difficult to become Christians. So since you know, since Jesus Christ's own brother has pretty well signed off on circumcision no longer being absolutely necessary or being necessary at all, I'm not going to say otherwise. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I, I, to me, yeah. to me, uh, you know, to me, I think it's sort of stupid. I, I hear about these tars. You can regrow away foreskin. Okay, I'm the answer. I'm just talking about the... Anyways, I, I, I think I've made my point i just don't know i don't know it just seems well okay here i have another question for you uh when jesus refers to uh, a greek woman as a dog what, what do you think about that uh, if she wasn't a greek woman she lived she lived you know here's Baal Fink claiming that the phoenicians were israelites and the answer is that no they were not the oldest the oldest son of canaan and from what I gather, Ham had a number of wives. Sorry, I guess wife. she's a Canaanite. She's a Canaanite woman. She was a Canaanite woman. She lived. She lived right where Dan used to be, and pretty well, Dan, rather than fight with the Philistines west of the tribe of Manasseh, decided to. Oh no, we can't deal with these Philistines. So they wandered. You read the, you know, some of the last books. Of uh, the uh, book of Acts. And by the way, this here Levite priest, who was a piece of shit, who served this silver Baal idol, 
was actually a creature called Jonathan, who was the son of Gershom, who was the son of Moses. So Moses' grandson is Moses' own grandson here, who was worshiping a silver bell idol and serving as a bell priest for that silver idol. Anyway, they wandered through, and they got to the this this town, which was essentially run by the Sidonians, who were merchants and not fighters. And what yeah. they did is they slaughtered they slaughtered these Sidonian Canaanites, and more likely it's there was a Syrian-Phoenician woman. Yeah, so here, okay, she comes, here she comes and she says she says, you know, my daughter is not doing well, and Christ says, well, guess what? Here, uh, don't bother me. Don't you know? Don't you know that? Guess what? It's not right for me to take the children's bread of salvation, and give it to the dogs. And then she said, well, yes, true, Master, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. And Eli James, this uh, Sephardic Chicago Jew boy, made a big old deal about that called crumbs to this uh, mongrel woman called Rebecca Mesh. So the so the answer is, is that she was a Canaanite woman, and for whatever reason, Christ decided just to, okay, I'll heal your daughter. And she didn't right. argue. He didn't make a house call. Yeah, he just okay. said, okay, you know, you know, you're, you know, go uh, away, go away. And he called her a dog, you know, i.e. a bitch. But he didn't go ahead and heal her daughter. So she got what she wanted. Yeah, I guess. He got, you know, he got what he wanted was to get rid of her, I guess. Yeah, okay. Uh, I have a question. So you believe that uh, genetic characteristics like blonde and ginger hair are part of true Israelite identity, correct? No, no, no. There were these people called Amorites, and they were, what, the fourth or eighth son of, uh, you know, there were these Amorite Gibeonites, and they were blonde, blue-eyed Jew boys. And you girls, and they were able to, in, you know, impersonate by claiming to be from a long, 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 long way, and they managed to fool Joshua and the elders of Israel into not being slaughtered. And later so on, so what does that have to do with blonde and ginger hair? Well, you're simply asking. You're asking about race here. I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty of. Uh, there's plenty of mamsrises here. There's plenty of beaners here. They got, you know, they got bottle blonde hair. That doesn't make them into an Israelite. Hang on, wait a second. Mexicans have blonde hair. Well, if they if they have that if they have access to a bottle of peroxide, they do. No, I'm talking no, about there's, actual. There's, 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 you know, I'm talking about rigorous, natural blonde. Rigorous, I'm not talking about dying. Okay. And I'm pointing out is that there were Canaanites who had blonde hair and blue eyes. And smaller noses. Sort of like Leslie Stahl. She's a kikus. Is she an Israelite? And the answer is no. She's a kikus. <laughs> Leslie Stahl. Let me look that up. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you don't think that blonde and ginger hair are unique to the white race or the true white race or Israelites or Aryans? Well, if you're, if you're talking about, you're talking about blonde hair and blue eyes. Is Leslie Stahl a natural blonde? I have no idea here. Uh, she looks she looks blue-eyed to me. She probably was yeah, blonde when she was younger. Yeah, but Donald Trump got blue eyes, and he faked his blonde hair. 
Anyways. Well, I, he looks like he has half a pos- He looks like he has a possum pelt on his uh, on his head here. Yeah. But uh, I would say Donald Trump is white. Well, I see a young picture of her, and she's still got that blonde hair. So maybe. Okay. Um, Scarlett Johansson. She's a kaiken. Although maybe it's kind of reddish. I don't know. Is she? Is she? Is she? You know, yeah. She's yeah. A well, but these will. Yeah, I think these people are mixed, though. I don't think they're full out. Why are they? Why are they mixed here? Well, I'm just they saying they alive. don't they look because they don't. I'll tell you alive. why. Because they don't look fully Semitic. I mean, they don't have. And that I, I pointed out, experience. I pointed out that there were these Canaanites called Amorites mm-hmm. who were extremely dangerous because they were blonde haired, blue eyed, didn't have as big noses as these Ashkenazi Hittites. Well, so I have a question. I have a question. So. They're dangerous because they don't have the right bloodline, or they're dangerous because they are the spawn of Satan. That's it. Born evil. Spawn of Satan. Nothing to do with their genetics. Would you say? Would you say that if someone is the son of something or another, doesn't that have something to do with genetics? Well, but is there any? are they ugly? Is there any genetic expression of this evil? I, or I have no, I have no idea. You're quibbling right now, talking about whether or not you want to slip your dick into a kikus. I have no <laughs> idea. Circumcised or otherwise circumcised, I pointed out. You're asking me a question uh, on Christian identity, and I'm giving you an answer: <laughs> is that there were some blue-eyed blonde juices. And I pointed out, I pointed out to you some Jewesses who have <laughs> blonde hair, more than likely natural, and blue eyes. Okay, so um, and they're so still is, Jews. I have a now, are is they? There, are they if you want to say they're white, well, yeah, I guess they look white, but they're Jews. They're not Israelites. So I, I have a question: um, Is there any, uh, or what, what is? the unique genetic trait of Israelites, or is there any? That you look at one and you say, okay, that's definitely an Israelite. Well, you're, you're, you're arguing about whether or not, you know, my discernment here, and then saying, I guess my discernment is wrong here. I thought they'll think. I called him a Jew. Well, he was. He was a Jew L. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he was he was a real, he was he was a nigger nosed Jew boy here, and he fooled me for what about a year or so. Okay, no, I'm not I'm okay. not trying to argue. I'm literally just trying to understand. Uh, well, the the answer the answer I, is is that hey, there are some white looking, there are some there are some nice looking Jews and Jewesses, and the answer the answer is is that they are descended from their father, Satan the devil, and they are evil. They're born evil. And what's your definition of evil other than just or yeah, what's your definition of evil? Well, the evil is the opposite of good here. Okay. Not, you know, there are there are there are whites who can do evil. I don't know if you what, listen what you to mean? my early you know, what's your de- okay, then what's your definition of good? Of the good of the good lineage that obeys Yahweh's law. Oh, okay. Yahweh's law. All right. 
So do you think there are good niggers other than the ones that are buried? Well, no, no, they're just simply animals. They're six-day beasts of the field. They have no part, no place in our society, but they're here. I don't go out looking for good niggers. If there are some, quote, good niggers okay. in See, now this is where, this in is the where, own nigger okay. area, and they can be good niggers with other bad niggers or indifferent niggers or whatever other niggers they are here. I don't really worry about good niggers. Okay, so this is where I sort of... Uh... So I have a question, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Papa Twat there in the chat says that he thinks I have uh, pictures of Jews on the site. And so I would be curious about that. Like, would you then say if, you know, one of those uh, pictures was a Jew, uh, that then therefore you have a different opinion? Because to me, that sort of is a sign that you're losing, like, touch with reality. Like, the whole point of why Jews are uh, destructive is genetics. Like, they... They destroy the genetics in the world that are beautiful and that are creative. They spread ugliness and stupidity wherever they go, and they destroy beauty and creativity. And it's shown that they do that. They destroy one well, civilization you, after another. You call and I'm not yourself, necessarily a fan of civilization, you, but the civilizations were, were built by those traits. You call, yourself, you call yourself racist, right? Why do you yeah. give yourself such a moniker if you don't know what race is? I do know what race is. So what is race? You race are arguing is, the Jews because they look white here are the same as, you know, same no, as Israelites. Race, now, that to race me, is a, race is a, I would say it's probably another name for uh, the different species or for a species of hominin. So hominin, uh, or what some people call humans, uh, are divided into different race, races or different are, species. Are you the one? Are you the one who said that? What you were married to a gook or a nigger? No, no, no. I think you're thinking else? of Luke. Yeah, you're huh? thinking of Luke. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Luke. Uh, well, he's he's totally fucked up here. He's you know he's I think he's a mamzer himself myself here. But uh, and I'm glad he's not in. But there was somebody who said they lived in San Francisco and. Was married to a nigger and had some nigger kids or something like that. No. That wasn't you. No. Okay. No, absolutely not. So anyway, why are you having? You know, I'm I'm pointing out that there is, well, essentially dual seed line Christian daddy holes is that, you know, there is before the creation of Adam, fifty four, fifty five hundred B.C. according to Septuagint. That before that, you know, you had niggers and gooks and American Indians and all sorts of critters all across the world, and that they are quote six day beasts. Okay, world. I have a question. And then, think? and then, and then, here comes Adam, and it is allowed for Adam to marry in to these other creatures, as long as they're not niggers or gooks or anything like that here. And you know, you could marry an Egyptian. And after three generations, why the the child of a between an Egyptian and an Israelite would be an Israelite. Yeah. And these Egyptians were known as Hamitic people. So here they are, they were definitely white. They knew the difference between you know what they called uh, 
you know, the Hebrews and what they called the uh, Hyksos. You know, they referred to them as Asiatics. They knew the difference between them and the Cretans. I mean, the Egyptians knew the difference between themselves and Nubians. Why, how come you seem to have so much problem with, uh, you know, who's who and who's Jew here as opposed to myself? No, I, I don't have a problem. I'm just trying to explain that my standard is based on the empirical measurement of genetics and the genetics. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't have. I, I've not seen any empirical. I mean, essentially, if it. Well, I'll give you an example. Like I'll give you an example. You want that? You want to hump here, or be it Alicia Silverstone, or Myla Kumis, or Leslie Stahl, or whatever? You'll be out of humping and claiming those juices are white, and they're not. Uh, I don't. Miley Kunis, she doesn't have blonde hair. Um, okay. So uh, no, but so, uh, so all all that's necessary is access to some contact lenses and a bottle of peroxide. Well, that would be faking. Years. That would be faking it, which I actually think should be punishable. People should go to jail for that. But um, no, no, I'm talking about uh, if you look at the beauty page at rebelbroadcasting.com. Of where? And rebelbroadcasting.com. You know, it's not related. It's not related to rebelbroadcasting.com. Okay, it's it's yeah. Number, go to the beauty let's... page here. You go there now, and go to the beauty page. Rebel, I'll go to rebelbroadcasting. Rebel, R E B E L B R O A B C A S T I N C. Well, Dot com. Dot com. Oh, yeah. So is this is this related to White Trash Radio or Weebly or whatever? No, no. Okay, so go to the right, see where it says more. More. Yeah. Holocaust myth, white genocide, Jewish race. Well, you don't seem to know what a Jewess is here. Yeah, okay, so go to... Uh, Go to beauty. Did you click on the beauty page? No, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Oh, you seem to have a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, go look at more. Did you go to the beauty? Scroll down to beauty and click on the beauty. Beauty. Okay. Okay. Now you see the pictures of the people there. Yeah. And you can also just look at the main page at the bottom. Towards the bottom, there's pictures of a bunch of people. But you see those pictures. Well, I see. I see a bunch of good-looking wiggers. You would say they're wiggers just because they're, like, uh, actors and brainwashed? And that well, thing? I don't know. I mean, uh, wouldn't you say that Robert Redford is a total yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, um, okay. so you, you see the good-looking white people, right? You see the pictures. Yeah. So that's my definition of beauty right there, okay? Well, now, that's nice. Yeah, so, and then there's intelligence. Now, intelligence can be empirically measured, right? You agree? I see a lot of intelligent people. Intelligent people are no damn good here. I, I sort of no, no. I, I it doesn't mean it doesn't mean they're I, necessarily I think, good. Wait think, a second. I think more highly of essentially good character than I do so-called intelligence. Yeah, but it's not about the individual uh, quality of that. Like, I'm not judging. I'm not giving an eternal judgment of that person. So you agree that intelligence. I'm, not, I'm just trying to walk you step by step here. There's a lot of real smart. There's, there's a lot of real smart Jew boys here. I don't think highly of them. Okay. 
so you you agree that intelligence is empirically measurable so you can measure if someone's intelligent or not I, empirical I, measure. I, I have seen I have seen it's sort of like looking at a bunch of figures here coming by and saying that they're six foot two or six foot three and they're what an inch or so you know inch maybe two shorter than I am and I'm six foot two and a half why get up here? You know, toward the end of the day, I get down to about six foot two, six foot one and a half here. And then here I'm looking at these characters, saying how tall they are. And I also have you know, people tell me how very smart they are, and they're the biggest fools I've ever seen. Right, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that it can't be empirically measured. That just means they're lying. It can be empirically measured, but in many cases, what are they using that so-called intelligence Yeah, I agree. For? It, doesn't, it doesn't make them moral people. I got it. So uh, you agree that those two traits, beauty and uh, creativity or intelligence, whatever you want to call them, you agree that those two things can be empirically measured. So what I'm saying is that my definition measure of... To do, measure to do what? You're talking about, in many cases, potential. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, oh, yes, I'm, I'm in Mensa. So what are you doing? Oh, I'm no, talking no, no, no. Okay, just because, well, anyway, just because people, but just because people can distort what actual intelligence is and distort the meaning of that word doesn't mean well, you that seem to have the, you seem to have problems understanding what race is. But okay, in, all right, in, in all right. Case, so, I, I'm, so tell, I'm telling that what I'm telling that what is important to me. Yeah. Is character right. among white people. You know, and in in many cases here I would far rather have someone, you know, like my first son in law who he wasn't too smart, but he didn't get near as much trouble as my stepdaughter's second husband, who was superficially smarter, but he would get into more trouble than the first son-in-law, who was somewhat retarded. Yeah. So in, in any case, to me, what is important is character. Right. Okay, so uh, anyways, uh, what I, my definition of good is, is uh, beauty and intelligence, and and the survival of those traits, or beauty and creativity, and the survival of those traits. So you say what's honorable. You were talking about good and honorable and that sort of thing. Well, I would say spreading those genetic traits is the definition, or should be, the empirical definition of honorable or good or survival, whatever word you want to use, uh, that's what is um, useful. I mean, that's what that's what people should be spending their time doing. And no matter what that takes to spread those genetic traits, so if it's stealing, if it's lying, if it's cheating, if it's scheming, whatever it takes, and I would say it's dishonorable to not try to spread those genetics, to lay back and say, well, no, I need to be more honest so that I don't deceive my enemies or I need to be more passive or, you know, whatever. Um so anyways, that's my definition of it. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm back. <laughs> your your it seems to me that you're talking about let's breed with all these critters we can here in order to I guess create a you know, great figure race here, and generally what I'm talking about is that probably best is that I view most of the wiggers as essentially diseased animals, 
and there's not going to be improvement until the Great Tribulation slaughters about 80% of them. Well, I agree with you that they're diseased. <laughs> well, they're, they're mentally diseased. There's, there's something wrong with them. They're fucked up in the head. Uh, don't know how to behave. Don't care to learn how to behave. So, so to me, so to me, I, I think I've defined good as being one of Yahweh's children, and then in addition, obeying Yahweh's law, which is supposed to be written on your hearts. If you're one of us, you know that means that you have a conscience. So most of the time, well, I do you know, have I'm a talking, Okay. But it's based well, on different standards, I think, than uh, other people. Um, so I, my, I guess my point is that if you had those people, so say those people I should do a picture of, say they were bankers and they were, uh, say there was a, they had a promised land, and let's they're say bankers. it was they're bankers. You know, I mean, you know that banker is by definition a usurer. Right, but usury, is Christ, a, that's another Christ. thing. Wait a second, wait a second, that's another thing. In the Old Testament, it talks about how the Israelites can practice usury on foreigners, but not on themselves. So what well, do you have then, to say about then that? Well, then how are you going to have, if you're going to have, quote, foreigners, how can you talk about having a nation here which is comprised only of Christian Israelites, and the answer is that you're talking about imperial. Okay, let me let me just say which is destroyed, which is destroyed. Every empire destroyed the founding stock, and the Romans destroyed their founding stock through usury. Yeah. So here's my issue: is that um, the usury thing, and this kind of goes back to the slavery thing. You have them enslaving non. Groups now, or non-members of their group, the the Israelites, um, which I, I I don't know for sure. You know, you say they're they're white people. I tend to think the Israelites were Jews, but I don't know. I, I don't. Well, think it's a fact. you're you're asking, you're calling in to someone who, for all pack purposes, is probably the last remaining Comparean dual. Dual seed line Christian identity pastor, you know, not a Jew like Dale Fink or a Sephardic Chicago Papist Preterist Jew boy like Eli James I, or I've met a bunch of Mamsers or Melanges, and you're taught you're calling in to someone who says he's a dual seed line Christian identity pastor, and then you act surprised that you're going to get something different than what is. Dual seed line Christian identity orthodoxy. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why you act surprised at what you hear from me. No, I don't. I don't act surprised. I'm just trying to bounce ideas off you and kind of see what you have to say. About okay. Um, but but, so, but I have, have you know? But have I pretty well answered all your circumcision questions or anxiety yeah, so yeah, far? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. But the question I'm here asking about is enslaving other groups. Now, you could say maybe – now, see, here's the other thing. So do you believe – I have a question. Yeah, when it talks about enslaving other groups, do you believe that it's talking about non-whites, or do you think it's talking about the answer, the answer, the answer is The answer is, is in the Bible. When they, they were talking about besieging, besieging sorry, an, Adamite, an Adamite city, 
if they gave up, if they gave up, if they gave up for three generations, they would be they would be hewers of wood. They would be slaves for three generations, or up to three generations. But if they were besieging a non-white city, why you know? I mean, why would you? Why would you want to leave any of them alive? And the answer is that no, you weren't going to be doing that. If you were besieging a Canaanite city, you'd put all of them to death. So you go you go ahead and look at the rules of land warfare in Deuteronomy chapter 19, why this was rebringing back into these Adamic people into the house of Israel. These Egyptians, these Edomites who were of the third, of the third wife of Esau, you know, from his uncle Ishmael, oh, they could be brought back in to become Israelites. But eventually, nowadays, I go ahead and look at so-called whites here, and they say there's about maybe five or six hundred million whites. And I go ahead and I look at Newtown, and heck, well, the two-thirds that are supposedly white, only half of them be anything I would say is even remotely white. So, hey, uh, when I started this show, I, I believe there were 200 million Wiggers and 100 million Mamsers. Now I believe there's less than 100 million relatively pure Wiggers, <laughs> and there's over 200 million Mamsers. Sorry, and that's why, I look, that's, why I look, that's why I look forward to this great tribulation doing the slaughtering of the diseased Uyghur herd animals and pretty well all the Mamzers and all the Jews. Man, what, what's a Mamzer again? A Mamzer is a mongrel. Like a mix? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Mamzer so, was, was the, you know, the Hebrew name for miscegenated bastard. Okay, so is, are the slaves non-whites? The slaves that are slaves of the Israelites are they? No, they didn't have. They were not to have. Why would they have? You know, Israel was not to be an empire. It was supposed to be. No, but it said. Wait a second. It said they're allowed to have non non Israelite slaves. Will come from the nation. Non. Around. Okay, I'm saying that these slaves would be slaves for what? They could marry into these Adamic peoples. Right, okay. So and after three other, generations, so they would be... They would be... Will you listen? They would be Israelites. Now, you were only supposed to keep anyone who was sold into debt, you know, into slavery for debts or for crimes only for seven years. I think Unless that was they within, said, Oh, no, no, hmm? no, no, no. So okay. now with that now with that uh so I, I still haven't gotten the answer here. So were the not were the You've slaves... gotten answers. You haven't been listening though. Okay, so I'll just answer how about yes or no, that'll be easy. Were the slaves that were uh, allowed to be slaves, the nations the pagan nations around uh Israel, uh were they white slaves? Well, you you've already demonstrated that you don't know the difference between a white and a Jew. Uh, I'd, I'd say According they to were, your they definition, were, they were non-Canaanite. They were non-Canaanite, Adamic whites. Oh, they were whites. You're saying the slaves were white. If they're allowed, you know, Canaanites would be slaughtered all together. 
Even their animals. Okay, okay. So you're saying, okay, so you're saying that the when it's talking about who the the, the Israelites could enslave other whites, but they couldn't enslave non-whites. Is that what you're saying? And they would only be slaves after three generations. They would be Israelites. Okay. okay. Well, that's that's uh, interesting. So so you would so you would agree that whites owning non-white slaves is wrong, and that's immoral. And it's not wrong. It's stupid. Well, there you go. Okay. okay. Well, that's good. You know, I I mean, I I agree with that. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the religious interpretation, but I definitely well, agree with I definitely agree with it, the practical sense that it shouldn't be whites should not have non-white slaves. I agree with that. So that's good. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't allow them to live in their own. You know, in the own country, they could maybe. You got to understand yeah, that separate. in Israel, that there was. There was, especially around Megiddo, there was a, you know, there was a number, Megiddo was the, was the scene of, uh, you had the, what, the King's Road or whatever, the main road leading from Nile up to the Hittite and the rest of the empire, you had, you had a north-south route, you know, leading, you know, just from inside the Mediterranean, you know, sea, and then you had you had a few east-west routes, and so you you would have these people who would travel alongside the road, and yes, they would be allowed because the trade was understood to be a good thing. But no, uh, there was not to be, you know, there was not to be non-Israelites living among the Israelites. Yeah, I got you. Great. Well, that's okay. that's terrific. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. Um, I don't. I just don't know if I, I mean I. Uh, I'll just tell you what I believe now. Um, I would call myself a type of Christian, although somewhat reluctantly, because uh, well, I don't know. I guess I. I don't know if I'd say I'm having a crisis of faith, or I. I. No, I really. I really so understand people. Can I, can no, I explain? There's so-called nigger Christians, and there's Jew Christians, and there's yeah, well, I'm definitely not that. There's Wigger Christians. Yeah, uh, but I the mean, thing is, so I have a question. Were, did, did you grow up believing, like most people believe, that Christianity is a Jewish religion, is a Semitic religion? No, what I what I end up hearing, what I end up hearing, is that I was raised from the age of ten in the Worldwide Church of God, which was British Israelitism. So as a result, I have probably, probably as good or better than most understanding in what's supposed to be understood about being uh, a Christian Israelite. I don't. So you were raised. You were raised Christian identity, in other words. A form of Christian identity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Just a. You know, I remember when I first asked you about uh, historical evidence and stuff, you know, you said, well, who's to say that you can believe anything? Uh, you well, know, sure. that is, that is, that is as, good answer, as good an answer as any. Nah, that's I mean, true. I agree. Believe, there's, you, can't there's... Believe, you can't believe a lie paper which is going to come out tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. I've been, I've been written about lie papers. So you use that. Use that logic that you can't agree about a lie paper tomorrow. So how could you agree about stuff thousands of years ago? But you know what people use that line to refer to? 
does it really matter what they use it to refer well, hang on they use it to refer to the bible so what do you think so, about that so i mean well, the more adulated the more adulated creatures who are following their own little lust and their own little botherations here you seem to think you seem to think that I'm in any way a universalist. That's no, 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 no. I'm just asking. Okay. No, you, you, what it boils down to is just like with uh, Jesus Christ here. Let me ask a question here. Why did Christ speak to you know the masses in parables? This question's already been well, answered said, in he Matthew. Said, he said that he did that so that you know, having eyes they would uh, not see, and having ears they would not hear and you know so in other words only the true faithful would hear his message only only his disciples yeah. you know he says unto you has been given to hear you know when he was when he was on this earth he deliberately spoke in parables so that they would not understand and then coming up is the feast of Pentecost which means you know pretty well that then there is after Christ 50, you know, 50 days after Passover when Christ was sacrificed, 50 days after that, there was Pentecost, which meant the actual beginning of the New Testament church. So as a result here, you know, this, you know, this particular religion of mine is not for Jews, certainly, because they're the spawn of Satan. It's not for niggers because they're the six-day beast of the field. It's not for mamsers because, you know, they're pretty well screwed up abominations anyway. And it's not for the vast majority of wiggers. Let them die in their own ignorance. Right. So, I guess. Uh, so as a result here, it doesn't really matter to me whether or not, you know, and I have no idea of knowing whether or not, Yahweh or Christ has called you to be saved. I have no I have no say over that as to whether or not your mind is open, you know, because Christ wants your mind to be open. Yeah, I gotcha. All I have a question when do, he says uh, turn do, the other cheek. Is essentially so when somebody asks a question is to give them an answer and they can either take it or they can leave it. Yeah. I got you, and that's uh, you know that's fair. That's that's fair. Uh, so, and I think that's an appropriate way of uh, understanding one one's own religion. I think is to you know understand that it's not for it's not for everyone. Yeah, well, and and uh, this, I mean, I, I don't show, know. I remember I remember learning you, about. In case you haven't noticed, this is not a publicly this is not a publicly <laughs> disseminated show either. Yeah. But that, okay. that I, I don't think was by your own design. I think that sort of came well, up. Well, it, be, it became, it, it's pretty well a sort of understanding I have with Talks to thanks to Brian Rio and that Chicago supporting Julie Eli James and the Rolls Royce uh, company and a number of other creatures. And if you wish to listen to this, you go over to my webpage, you look <laughs> at the number involved, you know that's there. And you go to it. This is not a public. This is not a public show. And yeah. most of the people who listen to it are nimbus retards who, for all <laughs> purposes, are not going to. They're here to pull on their own dicks mainly, and you know to call me Marty Chomo and to be a bunch of ass clowns, and that's fine. You know, I pretty well, I pretty well allow that. Okay. Well, what is a? I hear you say this all the time. 
What is a Nimbuster? Okay, I get tarred as well, three no, well, What is a, a Nimbuster? Nimbuster I didn't know what Nimbuster was, and then I found out it meant National Independence Movement. And somewhere around, oh, about a decade ago, when the Internet was a pup, this character, Stan Lawson or something here, he did some work for this National Independence Movement, which was one of these others like Rebel Broadcasting or Renegade Broadcasting or whatever. Uh, essentially, what it was was there, you know, sort of like states' rights. And he did some work, and then these targets didn't pay them. Yeah, yeah. So then they became NIM Busters, National Independence Movement Busters. And I didn't know <laughs> that. I didn't find that out until about 2012 or 2013. Okay. Uh, well, it's uh, it's certainly interesting. I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's. Uh, I guess it would it would suck if uh, this world, if you only got a short life and then that was it. Although, I will say it's amazing to me how slow people move in this world. Um, and I think that's because we have an effeminate world that is. Well, actually, our enemies move very quickly. I guess it's our people that are moving so slowly. They don't move. The enemies do not move very quickly. If you listen, if you listen to my monologue, I was telling that you know here I am looking at this Invictus thing here with this Jew boy uh, Prince Harry, and then you had old George W. Bush here, and you had the Queen of England, and they're whining like crazy about how bad, how tough they are because they have a whole bunch of wounded warriors. Fighting over in Iraq or Afghanistan, places where they shouldn't have been in the first place, and you know here they are. You know, I I I go ahead and listen to you know here's Hillary, you know here's John Kasich. They're going to fight with the Russians. So do you want fight with the Iranians? They're going to fight with all these people here, and guess what? They had two wars, and they can't beat ten thousand goat herders and part-time freedom fighters in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, but wait a second. The beat them? Here's the other thing. Uh, the Iraq war was successful. It was successful for Jews. <laughs> okay. I mean, you well, know. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know yeah, I, I it, created, it created chaos and then helped destroy another Jewish enemy. I mean, they, they told, <laughs> well, what, didn't, they tell, I mean, didn't they tell Cheney uh, or somebody else in the Bush government that they were going to invade all these Arab enemies and Muslim enemies of How Israel did it destroy? It destroyed Saddam Hussein, and now they have chaos. Yeah, they got the exactly Iranians, what they wanted. It was the very successful. Are doing, the Iranians are doing rather well by it. Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I mean you, you look at all the churn. And what you see is a bunch of churned-up mamzers and mongrels and ass clowns and the rest. And, you know, here are these Jews who spawn Satan, and their want is to destroy. Destroy, but as a result, these Jews can't produce anything. So if they go ahead and, well, they, they pretty well help destroy Germany with the chaos from ISIS and all these, quote, Syrian and Afghanistan, all these other ragged uh, going to, say, Germany or wherever. Well, guess what? Once you end up having a country which is being taken over, you know, thanks to traitorous wiggers like Angela Merkel and the rest here, the solution is first you exterminate 
the Uyghur policemen and lawyers and judges and politicians. And once you've gone ahead and made them eat their spawn's testicles here, well, hey, there won't be any problems going ahead and gut shooting a whole bunch of Pakis and the rest of them here. But until, pretty well until, what, 8% of the Uyghurs die at the hands of, you know, fucked up shit here, or yeah. they'll have so the worried, I have a question. Aren't you worried that your uh, belief system will lead to uh, passivity and just waiting till God takes care of it type thinking? Well, there's some people who do. I don't know. Do I seem particularly passive to you? Yes, we are passive. We're passive cowards. Well, you're you're talking about yourself here. I don't think I'm particularly passive. Are you resisting I'm, I'm the government going, right I'm now? Wait a second. Are I'm you resisting the government right now? Oh, I'd say that they say I am. <laughs> Trust me, you're not resisting the government. If you were, well, you wouldn't be doing it. Fox, you'd I, I guess, be out there taking guess, the enemies down. So, uh, so are you? Re- you know, so by that standard, you're not resisting the government. And you put me in the same boat as you. Yes, I would. Okay, that's that's fine. I mean. You know, it, it seems to me that I guess we're all Uyghurs in together here, then ain't we? According to you. Yep, we are. Except right, for well, people that's, like that's uh, Dylan. Fine. Like uh, if if he if what he did said was true, Dylan Roof. Although who knows? And then I'll but are you writing fan letters and sending Dylan Storm Roof a Christmas card? No, because that would okay, not be. Uh, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, probably doing that here. I got banned, oh, what, okay. last year? I got banned last year from Hunter Wallace's, a.k.a. Brad Griffin's, uh, Occidental Descent for chewing on his ass for whipping that poor stupid wigger up and, you know, to where he goes ahead and guns down nine niggers. You know, I, I said he was a lone tard. I don't know what exactly it accomplished. Oh, but, wait a second, wait a second. Time out, time out. You think it's retarded? Uh, I mean, I, I, w- I meant I wouldn't write them out of tactical reasons, but you think it's retarded to uh, kill nine enemies of the white race? Oh, they're nine enemies. They're just niggers. Okay. Well, well, they, they are. are in- of, oh, that reminds me. Okay, so it talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. It talks about the Sermon on the Mount. Turn the other cheek and uh, resist not, uh, you know, uh, love your enemies and resist not evil men or something like that. Oh. Um, I say resist not evil. I don't know. Some I think there's something about resist evil in there. Uh, so, anyways, uh, in terms of how you look at your enemies and how you respond to your enemies, what do you believe about that in in regards to those passages in the Sermon on the Mount? I am working well on the Sermon on the Mount. You know, there's also in Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything under the sun. Didn't Christ Himself say to sell an extra cloak and buy a sword? I'm sorry, what were you asking? Didn't Christ himself said that if you have an extra cloak to sell it and to buy it forward with it? Um, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I'll have to okay. look that up. Here, I'll have to look that up. This, this show, this show no, is, I'm to pretty well, is to pretty well tell people that probably within a year there's going to be a collapse of Zog Babylon. And that's perfectly acceptable to make. You want to you, you put a bet on that? Please. 
We'll bet, I, and I told you so. How much do you want to bet? And I told you so. So we get to come on this show, and the, we'll the loser has to tell I the told winner. I told, so. or the winner gets to tell the loser. I told you so. Well, you're, you're going to do that in any case, aren't you? <laughs> you so you think the economy is going to collapse in a year? I think it's very possible that 2016 will be a repeat, and then some 2008. Yes. Okay, so he says that's interesting. He says, "I didn't." Yeah, that's interesting. Luke 22:36. Then, or he said to them, "But now, if you have have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one." Okay. Yeah. He said that. I don't know right? what that means, but. Well, it says I don't know. Maybe it means exactly what it says. If you have some extra, go buy a sword. Yeah, that's interesting because then he also says, you know, if he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Um, well, you're going to die of something, aren't you? That, that's true. Might as well die by the sword, huh? Um, no, I, I, like, I like, you know, I like, you know, you're, you're talking sort of like uh, Ken Copeland here. He wanted to talk about uh, Romans chapter 13, so then I started reading First uh, Kings chapter 21 about how all those who were of Ahab's house here would you know, die in the cities or the fields, eaten by the dogs, not even get good burial. And then I went on to a second case to where it happened. And then I went on to biblical castration. By this time, uh, you know, Ken Copeland here, while he was yapping about how only God could save him here. Here's this so who's, who's Ken Copeland? Here. I mean, I'll, I'll have to look him, him up, too. But. No, no, no. He, he's a new change sheriff, not the bell priest, uh, Tard, uh, who... Uh, so shit to other tars. Okay. Well, anyways, um, oh, you're talking about Kenneth Max Copeland is one of the leaders of the charismatic movement? No, I'm talking about the sheriff of Newton County. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, well, thanks for uh, going over the Christian identity info. I, I appreciate it. I'm not super familiar with it. You're going to be asking again? You're going to be asking again about... Uh, you're not going to be asking again anytime soon about circumcision, have I? No, I answered all I, your questions I, I, I and anxieties uh, about circumcision. Uh, yeah, I think we've exhausted that topic. Well, uh, no, you exhausted. I went ahead and answered your question. All right, first well, time and there then you this go. Time. There okay. you go. So yeah, I will, but I will look up some more info about Christian identity and try to. I don't know, see if I can learn anything well, about usually, it. But I do, I do appreciate your writing about. Christian identity, or in the case of Bale Fink or whatever, yeah. uh, it's not Christian identity. This is a uh, you know papist predator snow devil bullshit. You know kite shit is what it is from a well, from a Jew like Bale Fink here. <laughs> okay, okay. So you don't? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to open this can of worms, but so you don't like what he says, or you just think he's uh, no? I mean, he's a, he's essentially a lying Jew that. You know, I don't know if this to the monologue. Uh, I was talking about Greg Johnson, and he was he was trying to tell. Have you heard of this guy named Rams Paul? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, he's a he's a mainly a Whigger, but he says he is one or two or three percent Jew boy in him. So I, I tend to believe him. But here he does a bunch of YouTube videos, and he's having fun. You know, what's being roiled up in the bowel movement right now. It's a fight between what I call the outright Whigger faggots 
a.k.a. Greg Johnson and Colin Liddell and Richard Spencer and the rest, you know, the Wiggers, you know, and, you know, a lot of time faggots. And, and the uh, 1488 Mongols here uh, is exemplified by Andre the Nigger Angling and uh, Ren Packy Shanks and, you know, Luke the, uh, the Pedal Poofter, uh, Gook Puke here, and Aussie Luke or whatever. And you end up having a whole bunch of Mongols. And the case of uh, Andre the Nigger, why? What, five years ago, he was an anti-racist activist, and four years ago, he was doing YouTube videos about his little uh, sex tourisms in the Philippines and Thailand and wherever. And then, you know, and then what? Three years ago, he comes up with total fascism, and then the Daily Spermer, and you look at what he writes, it's not congruent with what is being written on the Daily Spermer. Uh, same way with Trader Glenn Miller. Hang on, what's, like what's to, not congruent with what's being written on the <laughs> Daily Stormer? Well, have you heard of Trader Glenn Miller? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have you heard of VNN with Alex, you know, yeah. Alex Lindsay, who's Jew boy? <laughs> well, you go, yeah, ahead, I, you go ahead and you look. You go ahead and you look at, uh, have you ever read Trader Glenn Miller's A White Man Speaks Out? Uh, no, no. I did. I did, and I was talking about how in July 2000, Trader Glenn Miller ran out of my uh, office because I mentioned the name of Lewis Beam and Catch Wayne. He thought I was playing with him. I was going to shoot him. And then I pointed out, you know, I, you know, I got some bitching from Catch Wayne, who was David Wayne's wife, you know, about why I didn't plug the bastard. I said, well, I didn't know who he was here. He just ran out of my office said something about how he was in the Federal Witness Protection Program, but nobody went to prison as well as his testimony. So I I said, is that, hey, this bastard is trying to get back into the movement for whatever reason. You know, uh, and you gave him a quarter million dollars, and you can read it. You read his book, and you were bitching about how he sheltered the killer of the Jew Allenberg or something like that. Well, David Lane actually was the... Uh, was the driver was Bruce Pierce who went ahead and shot, you know, dead the uh, Jew boy, and it was, you know, the order had conflicts between the Christian identity people and the, uh, you know, the neo paganisms like, you know, David Lane and going ahead and taking care of that Jew Alan Bird was their way, their way of essentially bridging, you know, bridging that divide, and I guess it was fairly successful, but. In case uh, he gave a quarter million, and you can read in chapter three of his book where he admits he ran out of the Greensboro, uh, you know, at this incident in Greensboro, North Carolina, in November 1979. Do you know about that? No. No. What happens is there was a there was a Klan rally, and it went through Niggertown, and a police informant was in the lead car. And he stopped, he stopped in the middle of a one-way street in Niggertown. And these five Jew communists, uh, they went they went ahead and brought in uh, pistols and shot these Klansmen who were, in many cases, ex-military and, of course, Klansmen. They, they weren't supposed to bring their long guns, but they did. And they brought rifles and shotguns to a uh, pistol gunfight, and they killed five Jew communists. 
in November 1979. The niggers ran like crazy. Well, guess what? <laughs> Trader Glenn Miller, Trader Glenn Miller, you know, I, I believe he was working with Zog Babylon, but he admits, he admits that he ran out. He was in the second car, and I'm telling people that more than likely he was working with Zog uh, ever since 1976 or 1977. And you gave you gave this guy to set up a clan. He ran out of the clan in 1979, and you gave him what three, four years later, you gave him a quarter million dollars. Why, Catchelaine told me that. Have you heard of William Pierce of the National Alliance? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Bobby Matthews gave him four hundred thousand dollars of order money, and the next day, next day he went with ninety thousand of it and paid off on his farm or compound or whatever you want to call it. You know, in nineteen eighty four. So hey, you know, you know, William Pierce got four hundred thousand dollars. Trader Glenn Miller got a quarter million. So here, here is Trader Glenn Miller. He has a book. Man, who gave who read? gave Glenn Miller two hundred fifty thousand dollars? The order. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, no, Trader Glenn Miller says two hundred thousand. Uh, toward the end, he went drinking and pissed it away or whatever, and he only had fifty thousand dollars of it left, and he got some money from this North Carolina clan militia. He got these guns here, and he bought some more. But he was, you know, he was caught. He was caught. He was homosexual. He was being blackmailed by this uh, Jew uh, bookstore owner. So he went ahead and shot the Jew and, you know, four other of the faggot customers. And oh, two, of them cool. lived, two of them lived. And then Trader Did the Glenn Jew Miller, live? No, the Jew boy didn't live here. They, so they Glenn Miller killed head. the Jew boy? I didn't know that. Well, no, he, you know, he did the killing here, but, you know, so did Zog Babylon. And then they blamed they blamed two of his Confederates named uh, what you know Douglas Sheets or somebody else and the same Trader Glenn Miller did the killing you know, for, for the last of fifty thousand dollars. Trader Glenn Miller has been a agent provocateur since he got caught handing out Klan flyers in nineteen seventy six or nineteen seventy seven. He was allowed he was allowed to get his twenty years uh, paperwork in. I remember way back in 2009, 2010, here's Trader Glenn Miller. Oh, I'm the cowboy clerk, the old, you know, the Aryan alternative. And they're reprinting stuff by David Lane. And here's Trader Glenn Miller said, I spent $20,000 on printing all these tabloids. And you VNNF pussies only gave me $450, you know, $450 left here. So then the question is, is that, hey, you're printing it twice a year, $20,000 a pop. You know, the VNN cars are paying $500 of it a pop. So essentially, what, you know, who's paying for the other $39,000? So he was complaining well, that VNN, you said something about VNN cars were only given about $500, and it cost them $20,000 per printing twice a year. So guess what? Who is paying the other $39,000? I don't know, but you you're throwing well, out a lot of numbers. I have a pretty good here. I have a pretty good idea who's paying the other thirty nine thousand dollars. Can you say Zog Babylon? Yeah, yeah. So you said so VNN. Initially, I thought you said they paid four hundred fifty, but no, no, no. What happens is that here he is. He's he's bitching about how they're a bunch of pussies, cheap pussies, yeah, and, you said 4, and he's talking. No, he's okay. talking about how. 
printing a tabloid. He prints right. it twice a year. It costs $20,000 a piece. And here are these VNN tars. They're paying $450 or $500. So right. guess what? $500 out of 20000 what does that mean? That means, what, $19,500 is being paid for by Trader Glenn Miller out of his VA check, out of, out of what he made saving as a truck driver? I don't think so. No. So who's paying the other Who's paying the other $19,500 for the tablet? Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I get well, your point. I mean, hell. I mean, I'm able to do, I'm able to do math. I mean, twenty thousand, you know, bits of twenty thousand. If that's the VNN tars, are only paying four hundred fifty or five hundred dollars. That means that you know somehow it's it's costing nineteen thousand five hundred dollars. Trader Glenn Miller doesn't ever doesn't have any, you know. I mean, is Trader Glenn Miller paying for it out of his own pocket from the VA check? No. No. All right. Well, hey. Well, thank you for uh, having me on to. Talk okay. about those, uh, topics, well, so. no, I mean you're at, you're asking these questions. So every time I see, every time I see, I've seen here's a rebel broadcasting. I don't know if you're you know you're talking on talk show. Are you talking on talk show or yeah. blog talk or what? Yeah, talk show. Okay. Well, I I have seen I have seen you know lenders lenders little yap yap here. I've seen uh, what peerless you know peerless shank aka uh, what. Voice, I call it Voice of Retards, a.k.a. Have you heard of Voice of Reason? Yeah, yeah. Have you heard of Carolyn Yentro's yeah. The White Network here? You know, yeah. Have you heard of Chris and Jenny I meet you? Yeah. You know, where do where do they get the money? Where do they get the money? And you, you see them come in, and they last for a little while, and then they get kicked off of Zog Talk for whatever reason, and then they go to talk to you, and then they're like truth militia. They disappear, or they're like renegade broadcasting or whatever. It's just Jews and Mongols and ass clowns, you know, <laughs> playing it, you know, playing it running, I guess, a bowel movement. You know, and I've seen, I've seen quite a few of it before here. You know All right. Mean? Well, I'm going to go, but thanks for having me on. Have a good night. No problem. All right, folks, I'm going to take another break, and we will be back in about two or three minutes here. I mean, if you're going to ask me a question about Christian Denny, I will give you the answer, and I'll give you the reason for the answer. If you want to ask a question about the movement, I, you know, the bowel movement, I'll give you an answer about the bowel movement here. You know, I mean, none of this, none of this crap, none of this crap about Trader Glenn Miller getting a quarter million dollars. Although he says two hundred thousand, but he's a lying piece of, you know, he's a lying piece of uh, drunken lumpy malunge and shit. He's been a zog bot since seventy six or seventy seven. None of this shit is new. Hell, even you know, even the uh, National Alliance tards admit that William Pierce got money from the order. You know, Harold comes and says three hundred thousand. Catch a Wayne told me and some other people it's four hundred thousand. I believe it's catch a Wayne is right. It's four hundred thousand dollars. But do I know that for a definite fact? Well no. But it was, and what did William Pierce do with it? Well he you know, he bought him a farm. He bought him some other shit. He had a whole bunch of tars come in and then guess what? He died of pancreatic cancer. And Eric Levy and the rest looted the place, and now it's on its last legs. 
probably will end up with a tax bill of $2 million, and the IRS will close it all up, and that'll be the end of that shit. The IRS could shut him down. I mean, it's illegal to receive stolen, you know, stolen money from a knocked-off armored car. It was illegal in 1983. It's illegal to have those funds now. That's why I don't. That's why I don't get altogether worried about here. I mean, most of these, most of these bowel movement, you know, phone uh, book fears, like Catch Lane said here. Why? Well, hey, most of them are. It's most of it's how turn of finance anyway. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and we will be back in a few minutes. Hail victory.
Motherfuckers, stay as long, listen, it's a day to me. A piss of possum and a persimmon tree. On the second day of Zog, listen, it's a day to me. Two nigger lips and a piss of possum and a persimmon tree. On the third day of Zog, listen, Dookie J to me. Three crayfish and two nigger lips. And a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the fourth day of Zogmas, they'll pick the gate to me. Four papers, cutter, three French horse, two nigger lips, and a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the fifth day of Zogmas, one down he gave to me. Five herpes horse. Four papers, cutter, three French horse, two nigger lips. And a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the tenth day of Zogmas, when Miller gave to me six grand jury indictments, five herpes sores, four papers, cutter, three French whores, two nigger lips, and a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the seventh day of Zogmas, the lady gave to me. Seven years more, six hundred indictments, five fifty sores, four papers, better three French whores, two nigger lips, and a piss of possum in a persimmon tree. On the eighth day of August, Jackie gave to me eight hand jobs, seven eight awards, six hundred indictments, five fifty sores. Four papers, better three French whores, two nigger lips, and a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the ninth day of Zogmas, Kim Swami gave to me, and Kitty Pork picks eight hand jobs, seven eight awards, six hundred indictments, five herpes sores. Four papers, better three French whores, two nigger lips. And a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the tenth day of Zog, the social gave to me. Ten colossal bags, nine kitty porn dicks, eight hand jobs, seven eight award, six grand jury indictments, five fifty stores. Four papers, better three French whores, two nigger lips. And a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the tenth day of Zogmas, Court Clubby gave to me eleven years hard labor, twelve colossal bags, nine kitty point picks, eight and jobs, seven eight awards, six grandjury indictments, five happy stores, four papers, better three French whores, two nigger lips, and a pisser possum in a persimmon tree. On the twelfth day of Zogmas, the Lightning gave to me twelve members of the sea, eleven years hard labor, ten co-offering bags, nine kitty pork picks, eight hand jobs, seven eight awards, six grand jury indictments, five happy stores, four papers, letter three French whores, two nigger lips, and a pisser possum in for seven trees. That sounds fucked up, don't it?
Well, okay, that was the 12 days of Zogmas. Uh, pretty well all the good things you can expect to get if you hang around the bowel movement too long. <laughs> and I name names. Okay. I, I have, you know, this racist or Norman or whatever, I think he's somewhat interesting. Uh, I answered, I thought, his question. Uh, I'd already answered the question about circumcision. He had to bring it up again, and he was reading what he could find about circumcision. It's, to him, a rather important question. To me, it's not. Uh, I think he has uh, issues regarding that. Well, I don't. I, I was listening to Harold Kempton and some of the, you know his stuff here, and folks, if you get if you get to where you just can't stand anymore and you go postal, then okay. I'm not encouraging it, but on the other hand, I do understand how people can get quite enraged and don't see any other option, and they do take that option, and I don't. I don't view as being treason against the white race or anything like that here. You know, when my stepdaughter came over, why, hey, I, you know, I, of course, cleared out, cleared out the the back of the Buick of stuff. I gave her a pineapple I'd paid a dollar for. Uh, Pretty well, I was a little bit more generous than what I thought, but I also got rid of... uh, Essentially, this old food here that they can either eat or they can give to the dog. You know, some of it, you know, probably about half of it isn't that good, you know, isn't that good stuff here. But on the other hand, they claim that they were out of food. So they come over and Roxy gives them six bucks for, oh, you know, fat ass's ex-boyfriend from, what, 20 years ago? You know, I believe he's the father of my, uh, favorite and only granddaughter. But, you know, and you know, he's an idiot. He's an idiot here. He's a dishonest, you know, person, but I guess he finds a way to get by. Like most swiggers do. Now, I've been talking about how you have all these creatures here, and this how Turner financing, like with Andre the Nigger Angling here. More than likely, you click on the Daily Spermer while you are being data mined, and they know where you're at. You, I do know with uh, Bale Fink. Bale Fink has a whole bunch of stuff here from Bertrand Compare and Wesley Swift. And you click on the link, why, yes, he knows exactly where you are. I mean, I have links to stuff that, you know, since he's a Jew boy, he doesn't know how to behave. And you click on the link to uh, Christogenia or Finkelchenia, you'll say it's not allowed on the server, from the server. Now, Fink knows my IP number. Zog Babylon knows the IP number. I've been talking about how you know, about how here is this attorney general. He doesn't know how to answer these two judges. Kevin Lee Selby and uh, Timothy Perigo have violated black letter Missouri law to where, guess what, they're not supposed to be hearing that probate 
case if I set up an affidavit and say, hey, this character is not to be trusted. But essentially, he believes that he doesn't have to obey the law. And he's right, he doesn't. What makes these criminals obey the law? Well, hey, it isn't until there is punishment for them, and when there is punishment for regime criminals, it means that everybody who sides with that regime criminal is being skinned out. I point out, I point out, I was looking at this March 3rd YouTube video, and here's, the, you know, here's these swiggers, and they got their little arms crossed because they don't doubt that Ken Copeland's pigs went ahead and knocked out for my teeth here, you know, taking me up to the nut house illegally. But to them here, why, they agree that it's, that's perfectly okay for police to torture prisoners. They're fine with it. So as a result, it was bringing about Dresden here. Folks, a population suffers Suffers when they are on the when they're on the receiving end. They suffer for the crimes of their leaders, be it Adolf Hitler or be it Hiroshima or be it anyone. You go read about how David, when he was king, Yahweh was killing Israelites right and left here. He was starving them with famine because Saul had killed a bunch of these Amorite Gibeonites. And then guess what? Seven of Saul's sons and grandsons were were essentially, you know, executed and left to, well, be eaten by the birds and the animals. And the only reason they were not eaten by the birds and animals is that their mother, their mother, Scared off the birds and the animals from eating two of her sons and five of her husband's or boyfriend's grandsons. You want to talk about a mother here? Oh, Rizba was quite a mother. She's the mother of someone who is designated regime criminal. Now, you want to talk about, you know, the love of a mother. Talk about Rispa because guess what? Here she is. Here she is saving from the attentions of animals the bodies of two of her children, two of her sons. Now, is that or is that not? Is that or not? Is the old mother love here? There's a lot of Uyghurs mothers who pretty well let their children here. And I would punish their mothers for the mothers of these judges, these lawyers, these politicians. Because I look at, hey, you allow my brother to go ahead and kill our mother here, well, guess what? It means that your mother and your father and your sisters and brothers and children are fair game. In fact, I insist that they die. We are coming to a horrible, a horrible end. 
Every time I look, I see, I see that, hey, guess what? Here are these politicians. They can't keep their agreement. They never cared. They never cared for their Whigger cattle, their Whigger base. And that's why you have Donald Trump. And he can't do anything about it. As he looks at it, he, he would rather have the Whigger followers. I call them the lumpen Trumpentariat. You've heard of lumpen proletariat? Well, guess what? The lumpen Trumpentariat. L-U-M-P-E-N, capital T-R-U-M-P-E-N-T-A-R-I-A-T-E. That would be a hashtag. You have in the bowel movement all these people who are jumping more than Trump train. You know, Trump is not a white nationalist or white supremacist in the West here. And there's always this fighting about, oh, what are we going to do in the bowel movement? We all have unity. No, we don't. I wasn't able to shame Trader Glenn Miller. Hell, I wasn't able to scare Trader Glenn Miller. Well, maybe scare him a little bit, but you know, not enough to stop snitching and ratting and zogbotting with his cue boy lender. But all these great bowel movement leaders, why none of their shit ever amounts to anything. It all ends up if you're lucky and not too big of a disaster. What to say? Uh, do I see nigger lips on ABC News? Yeah, I see it on Channel 5. Somebody, I believe, was one of Buck McHugh's buddies went ahead and didn't Google enough time to where it was on page one, and I noticed it. I said, shoot, I may have inadvertently saved Cleveland from crazy old nigger left here. <laughs> really screwed the boots. Well, folks, these politicians, these judges in the West here, they don't really, they don't really care that much here. See, it's, it's like this here. You want, if you want to go ahead and destroy, you can destroy a judge's reputation or a, or a policeman's reputation, and you can use the Internet to do it. But the system is so corrupt, it's not going to allow you to directly punish these people until there's a com- complete collapse, and then guess what? The system's not able to protect itself. And when the system's not able to protect itself, you use that time to destroy not only the regime criminals, but anybody you know who supports them. That's why I talked about the tribe of Benjamin. Don't you think there were little two-year-old and three-year-old baby Benjamite little girls here who were pure? Israelite who died when the city of Gibeah was set fire? And the answer surely was.
closest thing I've seen to talking about, to say, the Black Death of 1347 to 1352 is that Yahweh took that opportunity to breed a micro, you know, micro, you know, microorganism to essentially clear, to essentially clear Europe of those who did not quite belong. And you could not have a renaissance as long as there were all these people who did not belong. Just like you're not going to have, you know, pretty well, I don't care what they think here, is that here here they are, you look at the news here, and niggers are not able to provide for water for themselves in Flint, Michigan, or Detroit. And the niggers are salivating at the at the uh, chances for guess what? We're going to make the white taxpayers who live in the smaller towns and cities, rural areas, pay higher taxes so that niggers of Flint can have good drinking water. Why? If you look at what's going on, you you talk about financial collapse. When you talk about financial collapse, you're talking about the breakup of big, unsustainable, global area, global level agribusiness. Folks, it costs a good deal of money for these big what? Quarter million dollar tractors and combines. And fertilizer for this GOG modified whatever. But on the other hand, if you're talking about small farmers markets and you end up having beaters pick it, well, guess what? You're talking about what? Like Chipotle, you're, you're talking about buying local and essentially it has beaters picking it, and guess what? end up having a whole bunch of disease. There just ain't no free ride anywhere. Well, what to do? Well, I urge people to do. Just to get close to Yahweh. I urge people to prepare for the time ahead and don't rely on politicians because if you look at them, well, hey, these Republican politicians, most of them, they don't care for they don't care for people who you know who are stupid enough to vote for them. And Democrats, why, well, hey, they want to, they don't think they're going to have power. Well, guess what? They don't seem to think is that guess what? The beaners can't provide for themselves, and niggers can't provide for themselves, and I'm going to somehow tax white taxpayers. What happens when the white taxpayers decide they can't provide for themselves or they're not going to provide for themselves? I'm listening to this goofy bastard named uh, Flake in Arizona, and his buddy, his buddy, uh, Insane McCain, you know, back in 2010, here he goes, and he says, build the wall, build the wall. He didn't mean it. He immediately he immediately was part of the gang of eight to give amnesty just immediately after in two thousand and twelve. And then that fell through. 
And so now his buddy uh, is talking about, oh, I'm a big buddy and I can't support Donald Trump because Donald Trump has kissed my ass enough here. I don't really care for my white. I want these Hispanic votes here. Okay. Get enough of them to where the Hispanic votes matter. You have Mexico, then don't you? You don't have Zog Babylon. So guess what? Does anybody think that people like my stepdaughter is going to provide? No, I don't. She's coming to see me to get whatever the hell I'll give her. Roxy paid for the gas over here. Probably got enough to eat for about another week or so. Maybe longer if they're thrifty. Or are they thrifty? No. Are they able to produce anything? Nope. One thing my granddaughter or my stepdaughter was produced is four white children. Is our Babylon bought and sold them. And now I want to go ahead and destroy the children of these judges and these lawyers and these cops. And I believe that time and events are on my side and I'll be able to put their, their children and regime criminals to death, along with all their families. And I'm you know, I look forward to that. I believe that Yahweh is just. That violating his laws ends up meaning, but guess what? Sooner or later, you will have, well, essentially a land without Yahweh. And that's where we're headed to. And the only place where there's going to be Yahweh is in the hearts of the Israelites. But plus, we don't give what is Yahweh's or ours to those who are not of Yahweh, who do not belong with Yahweh. There's obviously Luke here. I don't know. It's probably, it's probably, what, oh, I don't know what time it is. It's probably... I have no idea. It's probably what? It's probably four o'clock here in Hanoi. Four PM in Hanoi. You know, old, probably old Aussie puke has to you know have to work at the uh you know, at the uh Hanoi Chomo Hilton and you know Kimchi Dog restaurant or something like that here. Anyway, I have no idea. We're off to keep this. So, let's say I'm going to go ahead and uh, tell this this show. Somebody calls in, I go ahead and give them answers as best I can, based upon what I know about dual seed mind Christian Nanny. Those who are listening, you know, I don't urge you to do anything stupid. I don't urge you to get in trouble. I don't urge you to take the bowel movement seriously. 
I urge you, if you be of Yahweh, to live a godly life. Pretty well wait and prepare for the time to come. And to understand is that every single one of us, as if we're lucky, a great sight. If we're lucky. So, I urge you, if you be of Yahweh, is to get close to Yahweh. I urge you to do what you can for your own people. But not just anyone, not for Uyghurs, not for ass clowns. Not for, you know, not for people who don't belong. Not to worry about what's going to happen, because nothing good for Zog Babylon is going to happen. It's going to be like every mighty evil empire. It's destroying its white founding stock, and soon it will just simply have a whole bunch of creatures who, essentially, you know, live off it for a while. They can't produce anything. And the end result will be, I think, justice. I think it will be nothing more than what people do deserve. And they're not going to like it. So, uh, Brian Ray was trying to put out a lean. Uh, from what I gather, I'll put up, I'll put up uh, what is said here. Brian Rio. Brian Real really messed up here in suing the Church of Jesus Christ Christians and myself and Roxy because Brian Real can put up whatever the hell he wants to. If he puts all a lien, it's going to have to be in Newton County. I've looked. I've looked. He don't have any new lawsuits. From my gather, from my gather, talking to these clerks here, you know, and talking to the mentor in the municipal court, they realize he's committing abuse of legal process, so it's not going to make him look very good. They've been, they begin to realize he committed perjury, and that doesn't make them look good. But we will see. We will see what Brian Reel is able to accomplish. He hasn't accomplished really anything other than, oh, Getting himself noticed. It was a while, a week and a day ago that I noticed that, hey, he got fired from the nuclear power plant and security risk because he's a wannabe non-white white supremacist. Can you imagine what this little critter would have done? He got a hole in the nuclear trigger, and maybe he could go ahead and cause a meltdown. They cause a Chernobyl to occur. Maybe, I don't know. These idiots as it was here, <laughs> if you look at that Channel 5 thing, just type in Brian Real and little story from February of 2013 from Channel 5 News. 
comes up, and you can go ahead and see old nigger lips. And by the way, Queenie Cameron, you want to notify her about it. She has a brand new video up about old nigger lips. She ties it in to Bell Frank. Not looking good. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll go ahead and look real red here. Oh, heck. Oh, wow, that's that's a real REO truck here. Not Nigglets. Nigglets, uh I don't know, Nigglets was able to keep the, uh, the 2003 Toyota Assault and Mayhem uh, you know, cougar assault vehicle here going. So, in any case, going to run Lindy down. I doubt it here. I doubt it. Anyway, folks, I am getting a little bit tired. I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. I'm going to go ahead and say, hell, victory. Hey, y'all, we bless. And good night. Like I said before here, if you need Yahweh, stay close to Yahweh and prepare for the time as best you, as best you can. I'm not telling you to go out and do anything stupid. It ain't Yahweh's will that you live, you're not going to live. I'm just simply saying is that take reasonable precautions. So, I'm going to go ahead and say hail victory. May Yahweh bless and good night. They cried in black away, hi-yah-yah-ho, and we'll stamp out some tyranny, hi-yah-yah-ho. Why say no, we won't hold on the city roofs, let the red cock grow. Why say no, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Adam Delvany to spend cheery Oh, who was then the ruling man? Cheery Why, they go, we won't hold. On the city roofs, let the red cock grow. Wise men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Oh, white man, the rifle shoot. The Jews are laid low. 
Our juggling next week's softball boots. The staff bowed the pole. Boys may go, we won't hold. On the city roofs, let the red cock grow. Boys may go, civil war hold. On the courthouse lawns, let red blood flow. Jesus only loves his big I-I-I-O. The love of God our only need I-I-I-O. White men go, we won't hold On the city loose, let the red cock grow White men go, civil war hold on the cold out walls, let red blood flow. We'll call for our causes right. Ay-yay-ho. Our sons won't have to go and fight. Ay-yay-ho. White men go, we won't hold on the city roofs, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war hold on the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.